Hello there, welcome. It is a random show, episode number 131. With I, your host, Agostino Zinger. This is Random Show, episode number 131. And I hope you are doing well wherever this stream may find you. I hope you are doing swimmingly. How am I? You know how it is. All things good, all things considered. I cannot lie, I cannot complain. I thought I'd quickly jump on and do a little quick one for you guys today. It's not going to be super long in terms of a stream, so please do... Um, Forgive me for the shortness of it, but I want to do a quick little stream now before I head out for a run later on. And I want to catch the fucking weather while it's not too warm outside. Because as you guys know, my hate fever and shit is a bit crazy. So I need to always try and check the weather and make sure the temperatures have kind of dipped. So that when I do go outside, I'm not flipping dying and I don't end up collapsing at some traffic light somewhere because I tried to go and run at a time but i probably shouldn't have so we're gonna try and give this a go for the next hour or so and cover quick little things that happened in the bapa verse as per usual you know how it is you know how it is so if it's your first time check out the show you know what to do smash the like if you do enjoy it along the way and as always if you want to get involved in the chat you can do that also and we shall be pressing on we shall be pressing on so let me make sure all this is uploaded. Is it working on my side of things? I think it should be. Yes, it is all good. So first things first to continue with. Um, a big shout out to flipping um, what's his face, Bert Kreischer. This is pretty cool. I think um, it's as much as he can be annoying. I think it's also important if people do have some wins that you kind of you know celebrate them and give them a little double tap, give them a little like, give them some fucking you know high five hands and prayer hands, some little love hearts. You know what I mean, it's pretty important to do so. And maybe this award doesn't mean anything really in the grand scheme of things, but it's still good to see. I'm not gonna lie, it's still good to see. So big up Bert Kreischer for being able to win this um, fellow award, which I just seen on his Instagram. Now I'm gonna get up on my screen. As you can see there, let me just take off the chat for one second. You can see that Bert Kreischer has won himself an award the caption says thank you montreal this was an honor just for laughs he won comedian of the year i'm not too sure what the criteria is and how it's voted and whatnot but considering how bert has been all over the place these past i don't know it feels like 18 months but bert has been on a tear put aside what you think of him as a person put aside if you don't like his comedy but just think from the time covid happened the lockdown and stuff he's been doing those um those drive-through comedy shows he's been going on tour he put together this um this thing now at the moment that he's doing what's it fucking called oh i forgot the name of it but that roaming tour with loads of comedians he's doing that so he's been absolutely killing the game he put a special out he's got million podcasts a new studio so it's no surprise that he got rewarded he got rewarded with this and i think it's funny because a lot of comedians always talk about just for laughs and how important it was for them to get recognized on that platform and obviously later on down the line when you all got successful podcasts the need to be on just for laughs wasn't as much as it was before so it must be a pretty cool full circle moment to you know maybe you got overlooked from just for laughs and now suddenly you're now being awarded by that platform because of the work that you've done um in a way to try and make up for the fact that you won't get recognized by that platform so it must be really nice for him to kind of get that feeling here's him hanging out at the red carpet so so i'd guess for the event there in montreal hugging loads of different people here having a good time there's Bert with, um, who's this person? Um, someone called Leanne Morgan and Felipe Esparza, who I know from Jerry Diaz podcast. He's got his own podcast as a comedian as well. There's Bert and his lovely and ever so patient wife, Leanne. Big up here, big up her. 
Um, there's him getting the award from Lil Brennan, handed over to him on the stage. Of course, Bert is weeping like an absolute baby. Um, because, you know, like your lump it, one of the things I do like about Bert, he is incredibly self-aware. For all the things that we say about Brendan or for all the things that I say about Brendan on this pod, one of the things that's really you know, disappointing as a former fan of T-Fat-K is the fact that Brendan doesn't seem to have a handle or an ability to understand why people don't like him, especially now and the version of Brendan he's kind of turned into. In the beginning, everything was kind of cool, but then over time when he became more famous and he got more success and, you know, whatever it may be, maybe his network expanded, he just started to walk around like his shit that didn't stink and his attitude changed for the worse. And, by, you know, by and large, most fans that were down for him kind of turned their back on it and weren't really too good on it. So the one thing I like about Burt, at least with Burt, but he's incredibly self-aware he knows most likely he is a functioning alcoholic he knows he can be annoying and intense he knows he's very self-absorbed and you know egotist not even egotistical um self-absorbed and a bit um narcissistic in his own way because i think most comedians have that kind of trait in them but he is kind of you know jovial with it he is kind of he has a bit of a laugh i'm sure if you did bump into him in a bar somewhere you'd have a bestest of time if you actually met him in person i think he's probably one of the rare comedians where i think out of all the ones who exist in that bapperverse in the jre extended universe i think if you met bert in person you'd be really impressed like he'd actually win you over more so than how he comes across over the internet in my humble opinion i think the others even guys like tom segura who i love i think tom segura is like a 50 50 flip of a coin you meet him one day you think he's the best you meet him another day you might think he's a bit of a cunt so but with Bert I think if you did meet him in real life he'd be super safe so congrats to Bert there crying like a baby really proud of himself for getting that award and I have to be honest again take away what you think of his comedy take away what you think of him as a person in terms of pure output I think Bert does probably deserve this in terms of pure hustle in terms of putting himself out there in front of camera because I personally don't think it's easy to do what he does I know some people do but I think consistently putting you know, recording these little skits, these little adverts in front of your family, annoying your friends because you want to get a certain shot, doing all these drone things. It's fucking exhausting. Anybody that's got friends that they know in their social group, where every time you go out, they have to take a picture of their dinner um, before you guys eat it, take a picture of the drinks. They always want a picture of them eating or drinking something. That person is exhausting. So being that person who's on, on their phone, who's constantly flipping documenting every part of their lives is not hot, it's not easy. So the fact that he does it in an industry like stand-up comedy where every comedian, for the most part, from what I've been able to see from the outside looking in, they're a bit catty, they're super backstabby and shit you know they're just some of the worst people ever knowing full well what they say about him behind his back about taking his t-shirt off and then being super annoying with the phones it deserves a lot of credit that he does that in the perfect so i think through pure will through pure effort and for the desire to be famous which you can't really just you know begrudge him for i think everybody's allowed to have their goals and things in life and if he wants to be famous by all means necessary by all means necessary then let him do it and i think he's done it and achieved it and i think this year he probably does get deserve to be you know voted flipping comedian of the year here's him again with a few bunch of comics here who's there featured we've got someone called julie Myrell. who's this is that the asian lady who talks about i'm not too sure um comedy gives back again um and then another picture here with some more people um, someone called Bruce Hill from Just for Last, I'm assuming. Maybe Bert's mum. That looks like Bert's mum, right? That they, they kind of look similar, right? That's that's giving Bert's mum. I think that's Bert's mum. They look very, very similar. So Bert's mum there, and of course Leanne there looking absolutely glowing. It's funny how great Leanne Kreischer looks, isn't it, right? Considering how Bert looks on a daily basis, Leanne Kreischer is absolutely glowing, right? She's got a nice little tan on, she's got the tatters out, 
She's got the big mummy smile. Like, that's the mummy smile that most guys would want for their own mums. You know what I mean? She's living well. She probably just sits down, works out, drinks wine. You know what I mean? Cleans the house and shit. Just chills. Has a fucking good life. Walks to the beach from time to time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Whereas Bert looks like he's... I don't know what Bert's been doing, but... You know, it's all well and good. I think that's the balance of a good marriage. Maybe the guy's out there doing a whole lot of madness and she's at home holding the house down. But regardless, congratulations to Burt Kreischer, voted Comedian of the Year, courtesy of Just for Laughs. I think he deserves it. And I think it's good to celebrate these things when they happen because if anything, maybe, maybe, I've said it before on here that I think in general that stand-up comics are crap nowadays and specials aren't as good. Maybe a way to fix the industry. Maybe a way to flip in, improve the quality standards. Maybe. Think about this for a minute. Bring back awards. Or introduce awards. Maybe there weren't many awards before. Maybe there should be an award um, ceremony every single year where you award somebody the most, you know, the best up and coming, the best, you know, uh, the best newcomer, most improved. Like, you know what I mean? Best special from underage or something whatever like that'd be a pretty sick way to go about it because then maybe people would compete on the quality of the work and not just oh i got views i got this i got that that might be a pretty good way to go about it that would be actually quite cool i wouldn't mind that and imagine also maybe that way you could find out a way to kind of you know what's that thing called put a light on up and coming new comics that could be a good solution right imagine that you had this whole war ceremony thing and then it also gives you a chance to put some light on some up-and-coming comics who haven't got any attention and to kind of give them a bit of shine because if they get nominated people might be like oh who's that who's this you know what i mean and then suddenly go to them and also have a sketch comedy section as well included in it like do everything everything involving comedy like best skits best short movie best self-produced comedy movie all that stuff would be pretty sick i would like to see that actually that would be actually a really good thing to do and maybe you could have people you know hosting it every year different people similar out the grammys and shit like that could actually be a thing in itself but you know these comedians are always looking after themselves they don't really they don't really care about the craft that much you know what i mean all they motherfuckers care about is ticket sales and youtube views so that's probably never going to happen it'll probably take an outsider or a fan or something to start it comedians aren't going to do it they would rather go on tour you know around la and shit you know and call that a fucking worldwide tour but whatever what do i know what do i know um, next on the list here to quickly talk through is this clip um, featuring Bradley Martin v. Brendan Schaub. A lot of people have been saying that this was actually a decent interview. Or maybe I said that. I don't know. Were people saying that? I don't know. But I think that. Anyway, that's what I think. I think this is a really good interview um, to give Brendan credit. To be honest, having watched a lot of content of Brendan and being aware of who he is for a very long time, being a former fan, it's pretty easy to see when he's on his best behavior. He used to do this before when he used to when he was first like introduced to Rogan. Whenever Joe, whenever Brennan would go on Joe Rogan, you see the comments on sometimes the Joe Rogan subreddit or sometimes the YouTube. People would legitimately, people would legitimately, would legitimately, wouldn't understand why he had so much hate. They'd be like, "Oh my God, Brennan's actually coming across like a cool guy. He comes across like a cool guy, like a chill guy, because he always be on his best behavior when he's on a platform that he feels like is bigger than his." or that he feels like he'd get more from, or that person's famous, or whatever it may be. He'd always kind of adjust his behavior based on where he was. And then we went back on his own podcast. That's where Mr. Turbo Douche Energy came from. So it's nice to see him be well-behaved, knowing how to put on a good show, have get chemistry with the host and Bradley Martin and just shoot the shit and provide a little good little show. But it's still, to me, very evident that I feel like Brendan should be Bradley. Like, in a parallel universe, 
Brendan Schaub should be where Bradley Martin is in terms of like his profile, in terms of his level of fame, in terms of his reach, in terms of how people kind of like him in general, because, you know, he, he looks how he looks, you know, big, uh, what you call it, fitness guy, bodybuilder guy. You'd think he's a bit of a donut. You'd think he's a bit of a Chad, but he is quite self-aware. Um, he is pretty self-deprecating. He doesn't mind laughing at himself or being the flipping, you know, being the fucking butt of the joke. Um, he can give it as much as he can give it as he can take it as much as he gives it. Um, he's down to troll, down to clown, down to have a good time, and it's all just kind of again. You don't, you might not like the content and he skits and shit. I understand it might be bath level quality, but in terms of a human being, he seems pretty chill. Right? I don't think many people out there saying, "Oh, this guy's a bit of a dick." Apart from maybe that whole you know running troll thing he's got going on about beating up UFC fighters, which I think is a genius level troll. I don't think it's a bad thing overall, even if he does believe it. I, f I don't think anybody looks at Bradley and thinks, oh, he's a bad person. You know what I mean? You may not want to spend time with him. You may, you may not be someone that you'd want to hang out with. Cool. You may not think his content is funny, but you don't think he's a bad person, which is the main thing. Because I think in that circle, there's probably a lot of those guys, you know, the Logan Pauls come to, to mind straight away where you, you're not really too sure what their, you know, incentives or motives are. But used to Bradley Man, he seems pretty cool. Anyway, long story less long. Um, Bradley Martin and Brad Brendan Schaub had this chat on their on the channel. I think it was pretty good interview. I think you could see vis a vis the flipping downvotes and shit. Even I gave it a bit of an upvote here. Six point seven um, likes to two point seven dislikes. The views are pretty decent as well, considering Brendan Schaub's content. I think that mostly has to do with. with Bradley Martin, actually, the fact that he's able to get like you know 350,000 views on this is really good. I think it's probably the most amount of views that any Brendan Schub content has maybe got this year, like legit. So that's pretty good in that respect. And the conversation was really good. I kind of enjoyed listening to it, to be honest. I'm not going to lie. I had it on in the background and I thought they both came across very well. Obviously, there was a few bits and pieces that were super hilarious to flip in here, like this bit I'm going to play to you now where they kind of have a conversation where Bradley kind of opens up and basically says, hey, I'm at an age now where I feel like I should be settling down and not chasing all this punani everywhere. And Brendan gives him some tips on what he's done and stuff. And it's funny when you consider all the drama and controversy around Brendan and the truck walks and the you know, with Annie Lederman, the sliding into Kalila's DMs when he's married and she's going out of Bobby Lee, who's meant to be his friend, the supposed video of him cheating on his wife, handing that woman a note when he was, you know, doing that live stream with Mike Tyson and, and DC and shit and the Addies and Baddies text leaks. It's just funny to hear him talk about what he's talking about here, but I still think he has a point just because he might, you know, be out in the street still. I don't think he takes away from the point that they're basically saying. So I'll play the clip and then I'll give you some of my interjection here and there. Damn, but you I'm just surprised. woke up one day. I was like, ah, I got to yeah. start. So I woke up one day and I was like, I'm 34. And I was like, okay, I keep I can keep doing this shit. Next thing you know, I'll be 40. And I just, I I know that like, I'm not going to stop doing what I'm doing. But like, like I've kind of just shifted my focus on this content in general. Like focus more on the podcast stuff. Um, and I just realized like I really, I've always wanted a family. But I don't know. It's just, it's just a, I'm just ready for a different part of my life like i have everything it's the else best established. thing too you know, i've done a bunch of cool shit in my life nothing better than being a dad like yeah. it's so dope dude and like you're missing out you're missing out on why you're here you're yeah. here to procreate and make kids dude yeah and you're a good person like the world needs more bradley martins that would be a better place so by you being selfish and just making fucking tiktok videos hanging out with 21 year olds like all right good for you it's so selfish dog yeah it is you know what i'm saying yeah like you, and at some point like you're gonna want a legacy and if you wait till you're 50 have kids 
All right, dude, if you wait till you're 40 to have kids, when that kid's 10, you're 50, dad. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to so lie. Like, I mean, my, my issue, my big issue was just like, honestly, I'm be, I'll be straight transparent, man. I just played the bullshit game with girls for too long. Like where I was it's like. It's exhausting. Yeah. Um, it's fucking terrible, man. It like all your dude, energy and especially a creator, like it sidetracked you from yeah. your actual goals. It was cool when I was like 24, 25, 26, 27. And then I remember around like 28, I was like, dude, what am I doing? But I was so kind of like in it. It was and probably it was, doing well, crushing it. Still so doing like, well. I keep doing this. So I could just kind of like justify that like, oh, it's okay. But then like, I just realized like I just focused not so much on girls, but I just focused so much on, excuse me, work that, you know, a few more years go by and I'm like, oh shit, I'm 32. What the fuck? And then I'm like, okay, now nah, nah, I really need to like lock this in. I need to like figure this out. I can't like. I can't just like try to just fuck some girl because I think she's attractive anymore. It can't be just about that. You no, know what man. I'm saying? At some point, it's like, why am I doing all this? You want to be 50 living in this place by yourself? You fuck know how fucking no. sad that is? That's, t that's depressing. And you're calling me like, hey, you want to hang out? I'm like, no, dude. Yeah, do you have kids, kids yet? Baseball game. What <laughs> yeah. the fuck? You know, it's like, it's just not a way to live, dog. The funny thing he mentions about hanging out, calling him, it could, it could be argued, and I'll make the argument that Brenda would probably be a far nicer person if he did have more Bradley Martins around him. That actually would be the better way to go about it because there's a part of me that thinks, hey, okay, the guy's a, you know, a douchebag and he doesn't come across well and he's obviously done some awful things over the years and stuff and definitely doesn't speak the best and whatever it may be and lies, steals, cheats, all that good stuff, right? But part of me also thinks maybe part of the reason why he's like that is the environment. I just can't, there's something in me that kind of gives me the feeling that something... There's something ultimately very toxic about that whole scene, especially in LA, that just breeds this kind of level of personality where you're where you're a bit, you know, you're a bit, you're, you got, because I think every comedian has a little bit of Brendan in them. They have a little bit of sprinkling of Brendan Shaw in them. So if that's the case, then I think most likely everybody in that fucking scene also is quite toxic and they all kind of, you know, rub off on each other. So maybe if this guy did hang around with Bradley Martin more often, he might be a little bit more chill. He might be a little bit more likable. Maybe. Who knows? Yeah. It's interesting how, like, I don't know, man. Like, I, I, I just got so caught up in work. That's fair. Because you're still young, uh, yeah. young enough where you can make the change. When did you have your first kid? My son is seven, so I had my first kid at 33. Fuck. I'm behind, dude. You're all right, though. I always feel, and that's, that's part of the thing that fucks me up is, like, I'll be like, oh, shit, like, I'm, it's la I'm late now. You know? For guys, it's different. Yeah. Now, if a girl's forty and don't have kids, it just the chances of a successful birth, pregnancy, yeah, goes down. So for girls, a little that clock's a little more like this. Yeah. But you're, you're gonna meet the right one, and you're gonna know too. I and like I, Charlemagne said this, and he's wildly successful. Charlemagne goes, if you notice the most successful people, what's the one thing they have in common? They all have wives or girlfriends that hold them down. Yeah. They're man. not wasting time and energy and resources. And it ch chasing all these random girls. <laughs> I love how he choked. I'm not too sure if that was a. Uh, I'm not too sure if that was. If that was one of those telltale signs where, like, his spirit and his soul couldn't like say the lie without choking a little bit, right? That was kind of funny, don't you think? He kind of stuck, <clears throat> right? Because maybe you know, deep down inside his subconscious, he knows he's got. A flipping iPhone full of addies and baddies conversations going on. Let's just rewind that one more time. Let's do that one more time then. I thought that was really funny, that little cough. <laughs> listen, listen, one more time. 
Payne said this, and he's wildly successful. Charlemagne goes, if you notice the most successful people, what's the one thing they have in common? They all have wives or girlfriends that hold them down. Yeah, they're man. not wasting time and energy and resources and ch chasing all these random girls. <laughs> chasing all these random girls. <clears throat> I'm not gay. <clears throat> you know what I mean? That stuff is I think, incredible. But I do think he's right. There is a there is a um, there is some truth in what he's saying. I think I've said it for the longest time. I think there should be a documentary made about the partners of famous comedians in general because i feel like they are some they are in, in my opinion this kind of unsung heroes because they essentially allow these grown men who for the most part you know are wallowing in obscurity for the majority of their relationship because think about being a comedian right it takes a long time to be a good one unless you get the joe rogan stamp of approval like flipping brendan didn't you skip the queue for the most part it takes 10 plus years to make it so you probably spend the most you know the most part of your flipping late 20s maybe early 30s maybe even 40s being incredibly broke incredibly poor trying to chase this dream of becoming a stand-up comedian and you know more than not if you've got a bit of talent you've got a bit of hustle if you just stick with it most likely you will maybe get there especially now in the days of flipping podcasting and stuff there is ways to kind of figure it out and even if you don't make it as a stand-up comedian you can become a writer you could work on the show be a producer blah blah there's those little avenues you could go down right so with that being said imagine the partners of these people they get with these guys when they're wallowing in flipping obscurity no one knows who they are they're dead broke they're doing bits you know little comedy spots here and there locally and then all of a sudden it just switches a switch goes off and they go from being relatively unknown hardly going on tour doing local gigs and coming back home and hanging out with you and now suddenly they're on road all the time now suddenly they're on the tour they're on tour all the time now suddenly they're doing podcasts all the time now suddenly at the club all the time right and then you having to hold it down so you got this guy that you're with that was not famous then suddenly in a short space of time they become incredibly famous and you have to adjust to that in real time you have to kind of get used to you know kind of being okay with having you know this new lifestyle where maybe you don't see your partner all the time maybe you're not the main priority maybe you have to flip and be okay with seeing pictures on instagram that maybe would make you a bit pissed off if you weren't that famous i don't know it all changes you get loads more attention from the fans and stuff with dms blah 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 it just becomes all sorts of crazy nonsense so there is something to be said for being the partner of a you know really successful professional stand-up comedian because it requires a level of flipping a level of i don't know a level of <laughs> a level of strength that i think most people don't really take into consideration aside from all the gifts and rewards you're gonna get most of the time if your guy makes it you're gonna you know essentially live a life of luxury you can be a stay-at-home mom and just you know basically go and shop every single day drive loads of nice cars and fly private here and there and have all your flipping needs looked after cool but in terms of that relationship that kind of companionship type of thing it does kind of suffer because this person has to be on a single-minded pursuit to chase this dream you know, and it takes a long time to get there. So maybe you do need somebody to hold you down at home so that you can have a clear mind to go after your dreams because the last thing you want to be worried about is, you know, what's going on back home. You want to know that it's all good, it's all Gucci so that you can 
continue going to these comedy clubs around the country you can continue to finger blast these waitresses in the bathrooms you know get rolling blowjobs from these assistants you know in the green room and shit do your gear at the club drink as much as you want to drink and go back and pretend everything's gucci you need to have a clear conscience for it right and they give you that clear conscience and maybe they also look the other way they know more than likely you're not interviewing these porn stars because you want to get an idea of what the industry is like. They know you're probably doing it because you want to smash, but they have to kind of look the other way. So maybe you do need somebody who's able to kind of put up with your nonsense. They're, they're okay with you becoming famous in your mid-40s. They're okay with you hanging out with loads of flipping floozies. And, you know, you know, I'm sure the open mic scene of comedians is fucking wild, right? In terms of the dynamic between professional ones and the ones that are coming up, especially their women and shit and sexual favors and stuff. They have to be okay with all of that to make it work. So it's a sort of weird kind of, I wouldn't say symbiotic relationship, but there is a lot of kind of, you know, that you have to find your match in that regard. So I definitely understand what you're saying here. They have the one thing that holds them down. Yeah. He's That's right. the thing. And dude, I've, I've seen that for years now. And it's like, now I'm starting to really recognize how actually important that is. But the question is like, when do you know you have like exactly the right one? Like when she lets you get away with the fucking what you call it, walk me to my truck drama, when she lets you get away with the fucking Annie, you know, the Kalila DM drama, when she lets you get away with the fucking DMs drama, right? Addies and baddies. That's when you know you got the one. In that, in their case. I think in a regular schedule, regular schmegel civilians like ourselves, we don't have that luxury, to be honest, because, you know, we're just regular guys. You know, our regular partners can go get other decent regular partners that could maybe look after them in a better way if you do do something to break their trust. But I think with these guys, you know, some people, some, I think some people have said, oh, I've seen some people saying comments, why doesn't Leanne Kreischer leave Bert or something, right? He's just, you know, he's an alcoholic, he's this, he's that. It's like, bruh, like, you get looked like you know you get looked after and so maybe sometimes in some relationship dynamics as well there is that dynamic that exists where some women just like to look after the guy like treat them like an adult baby type of thing right or work on them like a project or something wanting to fix them so maybe in that dynamic that's how it works or maybe it's just pure love there maybe that's just how the balance works he goes out and gets trash gets drunk comes back home and you know he knows the wife is probably going to look after the stuff back home in that regard so it is pretty important to find that you know person who's able to maybe absorb and take all that stuff in it's a bit weird to mention all this stuff because it sounds a bit crazy and it's sounding like i'm kind of excusing this behavior but unfortunately this is the reality of the world like, i don't know if you, you ever know if you have the right i knew from day one when i met her i'm like oh she'd be a dope ass mom because brian has kids great wife never met him kids and she was so good with them and i was like oh my god she'd be such a good mom yeah i've always wanted to be a dad i love kids yeah. i would have 10 kids if i could i love kids my wife's a hater though that's a weird thing to say to somebody isn't it right you see them play hanging around with you see you see how they are with your friends kids who are like like, i don't know they they must have been teenagers at that time and then you instantly think oh yeah she could be a good mom i I never thought about that in in my life but hey maybe my brain works differently she only wants three but i'd love like 10 i just i live for kids i've done i've done everything you like kids cars and shoes yeah that's what i know about you yeah 100 percent. i love it but being a dad there's nothing better dude like i can't wait to get home it's a Monday, bro. I got butterflies driving home. See my kids. Wow. <laughs> I love this new persona he has. This beast of a dad persona is fucking incredible. Butterflies before I get like, come on, bro. <laughs> Let's relax now. Uh, niggas talking about his kids like they're new iPhones and shit. <laughs> Nothing better. My kid's in baseball and he, like, he's getting good at it. It's so dope. Oh, it's dope, dude. And I can see his like the, the little Kobe mentality in him. 
Like we'll be at the band cage and be like, again, it's 40 pitches. Again. I'm like, this boy, where do you get that? And his mom's like, geez, I wonder. That's how I was. Yeah. And then I can, the tools that I have and the discipline you have, you pass that down to him. And now he's eating right. He's working out. He's coming to the gym with me. Like, think about. Remember, this kid is seven years old. About you, if you had a son going to the gym with dad. Oh, man, it'd be so cool. You're fucking Superman. And you know yeah. your way around. So you're introducing them to this workout and that workout. Yeah. And you eat this, not that. And they eat it all up. And then they're seeing results. You're like, damn, dog. Make a little fucking Terminator. Or, my, dude, my son, like, he just gravitates towards baseball. He's done it all. He's a freak athlete. So he's good at everything he does. <laughs> but he loves baseball. Baseball's tough, man. What if what would what would have happened? Because again, I don't you know I don't I'm not gonna doubt this guy's kids flipping athletic abilities. Who knows, right? He may be a freak, but what would have happened if the kid didn't show a tendency to be good at sports or something and just wanted to chill, just wanted to be a kid, you know, with snot on his nose, playing with flipping cars, hanging around, jumping off of shit? Like, what would have then happened? Would that would that have been an issue? Would he have been pissed off? Would he be trying to push him into a sport? Because the way he's bragging about this stuff is really bizarre because, you know, kids are just kids. They're malleable. Maybe he just wants to spend time with his dad. That's why he's doing this stuff because he knows his dad flipping gets excited when he does this sort of shit. And he just kind of does it because he wants to spend time with him. I don't know. It's just weird. It's a strange thing to kind of really, really be. It's, it's strange because I, in one aspect, I think obviously it's good to be proud of it. But in some respects, it's sort of like it's kind of given that idea of like, you know, you're sort of trying to funnel your unfulfilled dreams and stuff for your children a little bit it's giving that tiny bit an inchy inchy bit which i'm sure it isn't the case because you know brendan has spoken about how difficult it was growing up having a dad that was flipping pushing him super hard with sports and shit so i'm sure that's not the thing you don't want to repeat the same mistakes but it's a bit odd this kid is seven you know what i mean like <laughs> even if he doesn't end up becoming you know a famous baseball batter or something it's not going to be because of this work they're doing now it's going to become it's going to be because it's going to be because of stuff that happens later on in their teenage years those are the real crucial times you know what i mean when they discover girls and they discover flipping booze and drugs and stuff will they make the decision then to flip and stick with sports now it's just them fucking around and playing around and wanting to hang out their dad i think but hey what do i know baseball super you, know, you think he'll be tall like you yeah you yeah. think it'll be six four minimum nice so he loves baseball, but baseball's tough. And the league that he's in, well, the camp he's in is like elite kids, like a bunch of Dodgers kids are there, Padres. Like, they're fucking good, man. He's never played a game of baseball. He's only played with me. So his first week of camp, doesn't get a hit. But every day he wants me to work with him. So I'm working with him and his coach, how to hit, how to hit. Second week of camp, wins MVP. Goes for five for five every day. <laughs> so just working with him. <laughs> Winning MVP at seven years old. Uh, it's fucking hilarious, man. Every day, yeah. and then the following day, seeing it pay off, you're like, oh, dude, this is the best. I need that. Anyway, so you get the gist anyway. Um, that aside and that kind of weird dynamic aside, I still do think it was one of the better Brendan Schwab interviews out there. So if you haven't checked it out, do. It's on Bradley Martin's um, channel. His podcast one called Bradley Martin's Raw Talk. It's Bradley Martin v. Brendan Shaw in the street fight. Check Paul v. Nate Diaz predictions. Um, I think, again, he presents himself in a good way. But if you know anything about Brendan and you see enough content of his, you'll know that he tends to do this all the time. He's always on his best behavior on other people's platforms, especially when he feels like he has something to gain from it. And obviously, you know, he looks up to Bradley in some respects as well. So there's that mutual respect there. So don't read too much into this as if like, oh, this is the guy he is. Because unfortunately, there's many many years and many many clips of evidence out there that show that maybe you know he's not the greatest guy in the world but hey what what can you do it, it kind of is what it is in that respect it kind of is what it is in that respect 
So, what you guys saying in the chat? Um, Logos Cartel saying, listen, babe, stop reading that subreddit. I'm checking out new pro <laughs> puppies for extended fam right now. Exactly, young and old vibes said, I'll be pissed if my compliment I got from a man was, oh, she's a good mum. <laughs> exactly. When you put it like that, it just seems, it just seems so like, I don't know. It just seems like you're like, it just seems like you're treating your partner like a like a calf or something. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Logos Cardell says it's meant is if that mentality and skill came from you, Brendan, then ch chill needs Jesus. That failed career will surely be redeemed. Exactly. Um, he don't even talk about the other one. Exactly true. Yeah, is that? Oh yeah, I'm gonna know about true. There's another one. Is the other kid Boston, right? He doesn't get spoken about, but I guess maybe because he's showing more artistic flair. Maybe that's why. Or maybe he just doesn't give a shit about shit. <laughs> Who knows? Young lover, um, Gorilla Finger says lies. Last time he said to second place MVP. Yeah, exactly. Papa said it was a tough time for him in NFL to the UFC, then into comedy. Yeah, true. But anyway, what can you do? What can you do? So, moving on, moving on. Next little clip I want to play here is from a channel called Dicey Dicey. I think somebody featured it or sent it in the flipping Discord. So big up you who did post it in the Discord. I appreciate you very much for doing so. That is much appreciated. And it is a video that kind of dives a bit deeper into the whole cast media stuff that's been happening. I'm sure most of you have been abreast to it. Um, today's just try has put out a really good video, kind of breaking it all down. I spoke about it a little bit on a previous show. Basically, um, what's been going on is that cast media were the organization or the company that basically were dealing with loads of, you know, podcasts and kind of handling all their ads for them and they had everybody basically sign on there that you kind of know of from the jerry extended universe and beyond and they're basically going through some troubles now to the point where i think they're going to become bankrupt or something and they haven't paid anybody obviously so you know loads of podcasters are kind of you know basically worried and stuff and their futures are in the balance because a lot of them based their most of their income i'm assuming comes from cast media because that's where the majority of podcasts make really make their money from the ads and sponsors and shit and obviously cast other one that handles it they maybe take a small cut and then give the rest of the pods but now they're going through what they're going through no payments are going um the ceo has kind of gone mia and everybody's struggling now the interesting thing about this whole affair is that this might tie into a lot of other drama that's also happening at the same time so this whole um, issue that's been going on at the moment with people like myself and a few others, maybe, I don't know, questioning and really not really understanding how Brendan's able to keep everything going, considering the views, considering his lifestyle, considering, you know, whatever, you know, it just seemed a bit odd, like, you know, the guy's got a Ferrari and got this massive warehouse where he does his shows and stuff and the future viewers, you know, they're not breaking anywhere near to 50k, you know, there's not, they're not getting the caliber of guests they used to get previously, he's driving a Ferrari and all this stuff, his girl's got a Lambo truck, it just seems odd, this, you know, nothing kind of makes sense on paper and again, not to watch anybody's pockets and stuff, but it just didn't make any sense and then on top of that, there was news that came out before of BGL basically saying, Mark Hiley, saying that oh he was owed money and he's now basically suing brendan and he's kind of going through the whole <coughs> procedure of that sorry and kind of trying to get his money's owed that regard and then i think i remember seeing on a subreddit somebody posted and i didn't notice at the time but there was a really big gap um in terms of uh uploads on food truck diaries i think the last one they did was that they did in studio where they had um what's his face 
Rampage Jackson, his son, and some other guy for I think from another fighting organization. <laughs> Sorry, but before that, there wasn't an upload for like a month, and I didn't notice that beforehand. So that ties into maybe the money's drying up. So they haven't paid BGO his unpaid wages. Um, I think for three months, totaling up, to, you know, anywhere over fifteen thousand, which is fucking insane. They haven't been having any guests on flipping food truck diaries, which obviously they have to pay for and stuff, and maybe you know staff in terms of filming it and getting the food truck people involved. And then the other thing, the guest. And what was the other thing as well? Oh, and then of course the tour. So the tour as well to the UK because that got cancelled obviously really last minute. I think two weeks before it actually was meant to happen. And part of me thought, okay, maybe you got cancelled the tour because of the lack of tickets. But then another reason could be because the expenditure that it would cost to go out there and do the whole thing, get in hotel, flights and everything. And knowing that the tickets haven't sold well would maybe affect the return so that maybe you'd get to a point where you're actually you know in the red by the time you come back so maybe the idea to cancel that tour was more so less to do with the tickets and more so to do with oh i just don't want to spend more money and just kind of flush it down the drain if i know i'm not going to sell out what's the point of going kind of thing so that kind of ties into it anyway i laid the groundwork just to play this clip courtesy of dicey dicey so you can kind of get an understanding and then i'm going to give you a little bit of my input on the end because um dicey dicey channel managed to get an interview um, and get some word from BGO himself directly to kind of add a bit more context to this whole issue and provide more information and stuff. And I think it's really, really interesting what's been said here. So it's Curse of Dice Dicey channel. The title is Brendan Shorb's Empire is in Trouble. Check it out on their channel if you want so. There it is there. I'm going to play it now. Now that you know the story with Cast Media and Jim Cornette's podcast, let's talk about what this could mean for Baba. The first thing I want to talk about is the wage claims made by Mark Harley against Brenda over unpaid wages, and how that is most likely very closely connected to the Cast Media situation. I personally spoke with Mark about this, I've seen the complaints and the proof, and what he's saying does add up. So let's break it down. BGL has made wage claims against The Fighter and the Kid, Tiger Thick Whiskey, The Golden Hour, and Thick Boy Studios. Talk about fucking terrible names, but let's go over each of them. So the first one is the fighter and the kid. He was fired in January 2023, where he was promised severance pay for the month of February, which he did not receive. That's two paychecks totaling $1,300. The next is Tiger Thick Whiskey. He wasn't paid for the final month of work, totaling $13. By the way, just, just as a quick ad aside, <clears throat> so he's promised to be paid for a severance payment of two paychecks for February. M maybe it's me, but that's a, that's a low amount, isn't it? For the amount of work that BGO said he did there and the fact that he was on call 24-7, right? And the fact that he was doing everything from like titles to clipping to sometimes filming shit, ideas for captions, running the social media. That's a lot. That's not really a lot of money, 1322 When Especially when you think about LA, cost of living. Like, that's a bit tight, isn't it? You'd think you'd be paying a little bit more, especially when you're thinking people are going above and beyond to help you and stuff like that. That's the only thing I've, I've noticed. Like, bloody hell, man. He doesn't, he doesn't pay people well, does he, Brendan? Which maybe, again, puts more <clears throat> credence to what I've been saying, where I think my initial feeling, gut feeling, is that probably Chin doesn't get paid well either. And Chin's doing uploads and being on fucking Zoom calls while he's on holiday with his parents and flipping Korea. So imagine. Pretty crazy. $1,500. The next is Tiger Thick Whiskey. He wasn't paid for the final month of work and he still owed $3,000 for that one. Then, the golden hour, he's owed $4,000 for the months of November, December, January, and severance pay which was promised for February. But That's a lot of pay. That's a lot of months for only $4,000. I'm sorry. That's a lot of months. November, December, January, and February. And it's only turned up to 4000 
God almighty, man. He runs a fucking tight ship over there, innit? never paid. And the last one is Thick Boy Studios, and this is a long one. As per their verbal and written agreement, Brandon agreed to pay $1,000 per month for Happy Hippo ad reads. This was cut in half after the first month in breach of agreement. BGL is still owed $5,000 for 8 months of makeup pay, plus the final unpaid month. And to add on to that, they took Mark off the payroll at the end of December, despite having him work on two shows for Thick Boy Studios. They promised him severance pay for January and February, but didn't pay. And lastly, he wasn't even paid minimum wage for working 7 7 days a week, being on call 12 to 18 hours a day. There were some other invoices as well, like overdue reimbursement <laughs> of goods purchased for Brenda. Imagine, that's when you know you're dealing with a real scumbag, right? It's one thing if you don't pay people, you know, what they're owed in terms of work and stuff. That's, you know, whatever. I guess the pers I guess the onus is on BGL to have to negotiate his contract and to make sure that he kind of lets it be known that he's not happy with his pay, right? You can, if you're a piece of shit, you can kind of explain away why you're not paying somebody well right you should really you should really especially if it's your friends i say i say it all the time i'm a real stickler for always paying my friends if i've got a friend that's a carpenter if i've got a friend that's a flipping graphic designer somebody that's good at plumbing whatever it may be i'm not going to do the whole thing what some people do oh, i'll pay you in a, I'll, I'll pay you in drinks i'll buy you a bottle of wine or i'll take you out for dinner no 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 give that person money you may not pay them what they're you know their rate fair enough if whatever it may be but a symbolic gesture of giving that person fifty dollars a hundred dollars two hundred dollars whatever it may be is really important i feel like in terms of a selfishly guaranteeing you get good work and two just respecting your, your fucking friend's time and their expertise that's what you should be doing really you should you should do it even without them asking but there are some scumbags that exist out there that say hey when it comes to work and stuff you have to negotiate your own things and you know if you don't negotiate well it's, it's kind of your business all right no problem but the thing that's really disgusting i feel like is when it comes to stuff like this when it comes to the old drugs and the booze and stuff and whatever it may be like you know um what you call it settling a bill if somebody maybe sorted you out with drinks at the bar or maybe settling the bill if somebody got you some gear that sort of stuff should be done instantly you shouldn't be, you know, letting that person flipping foot the bill for you and then maybe trying to chase it later on. If somebody helps you out to get you some stuff, some, you know, some adult flipping goodies and shit, you should be selling that instantly. If, if you don't have the, you know, if you don't have the patience or you're not bothered or you're too lazy to figure out how to do it yourself and that person goes and does it for you, you should do them the flipping, you know, the, you should do them the decency of making sure that you give them the money and you sell that bill ASAP. For me, again, these are tiny things similar to like how you treat people in flipping bars and restaurants and stuff. But if you're the person that runs away, off of, if you're the person that runs out on a bill or you're always in the toilet when it's your round, then you're not my friend. Do you know what I mean? You're a piece of shit. That's an indication that you're a piece of shit. Or you're the person that when the bill comes and we're splitting it, you're arguing about how much you're paying because you only had two starters. That's the kind of thing it's given. So it wouldn't surprise me if Brendan's that kind of guy, the kind of person who only pays what they what they ate only pays for what they ate essentially won't want to add anything more just to make the whole you know the whole bill split easy the kind of person who clearly doesn't settle the bill when somebody gets them some gear and also the kind of person that doesn't pay their friends accordingly because remember bj and brendan were friends at one point that's that's the real scary part about this whole thing 
I left the stuff total to over $15,000. When Mark reached out to the accounting experts over at Thick Boy headquarters, they counter-offered him 7k. Like bro, this isn't a negotiation. You got an employee that you didn't pay. Fucking pay them. Like for a guy that quit the UFC because of a Reebok deal and constantly talks about fighter pay issues, he's awfully quiet when he needs to pay his own employees. Point, I'm not a fan point. of the fighter pay issue myself, but at least Dana pays his fighters what they're owed in their contract. Instead of Brenda, who first underpays his employees and then doesn't pay them at all. The way that these wage claims will unfold will be quite interesting. And based on the evidence, Papa may be fucked. A few things that stood out to me are Mark's pay randomly getting docked or how he was always on call, which we already know what he was doing, responding to urgent texts from Brenda at 11pm at night asking, How's the baddies? I'm still not sure. Maybe I forgot. Why did Brent, why did um, BGL's pay get docked? How does that work? How can you be on a certain salary or a certain pay and then because you do something wrong, they dock you of your pay? Like, what is that all about? That's strange. Is, or is it because he was an independent contractor? Maybe that's why they could do that. That's a very strange thing to do to somebody. Maybe, if, again, if you did something wrong that Brandon didn't like, fire him if you want to, but docking somebody's pay is odd. Maybe it's, maybe it's similar to like if you came in late to work. Maybe if you started at 9 and you woke up late so you arrived there at 10 or 11. Maybe you might get half pays work. Cool, no problem. But don't, like, it seems like after that mistake, he his pay continues to be that. You know what I mean? That's the thing. It wasn't like a mistake. Oh, if you fucked up a mistake, I'm going to not pay you the full amount. It was more so that was his new rate. That's the kind of feeling I get from what he said. It was like a new rate basically got established. Very, very strange. Oh, people say, okay, it's contract work. Okay, cool. Game Beat Football is saying it's contract work. Um, verbal agreement aren't worth a carrot. Exactly. Local. And Bella said, didn't he say it was because he had to stay in Vegas for a day? Oh, yeah, true, true, true. Yeah, that that was it, innit? That was it. It was. I think it was the one. I think it was one of the rare times he couldn't drop everything and be with Brendan, and Brendan didn't take it too well. And then he kind of docked his pay or something. Either way, I forgot what it was, but hopefully someone can fill it in later. But it seems like a strange thing to do to somebody, to be fair. It seems really, really out of order. Yeah, of course, young and old vibes. Um, BGO is a, is a little bit dumb, but that doesn't excuse Brendan's behavior to him. That's the thing I'm, I'm thinking of this. No one's excusing or saying BGO comes out of this smelling like roses. For somebody at, of his age, of his experience, especially being in Hollywood, he's been trying to make it there for fucking years. He's maybe in his 40s, I think, or something, right? He's a grown-up. He's, he's see, I'm sure he's seen things. He should have been a bit more street smart. He should have been a bit more aware. He should have had his head on a swivel a little bit more. But to be fair to the guy as well, again, I haven't been fair to him over the flipping time of this content because I find him a little bit annoying. But to be fair to him, it's understandable why he did get duped because he thought they were friends. And I think sometimes as guys, you know, when you do meet people, you know, it's hard for us to make friends anyway. If you do meet somebody in your adult age who you feel like is your friend and you, be, you build this kinship together and you work together well, you can sometimes excuse or overlook some things that you probably would have seen as a red flag when it's just like a straight, you know, employee and employer kind of relationship. I think that muddying of the water essentially is what fucked him because it took his eye off the ball. And maybe the whole stuff with him and his ex-wife, the other drama outside of it kind of added to the whole thing. But I think in general, my whole this, which is really kind of naive maybe, I think if you're dealing with your friends, you, just, you should just do the best by them. You should try and help them out as much as you can. So even if the relationship does kind of break down, you should try and make it as easy as possible for them because you were once friends. But again, you know, Maybe I'm just speaking out of turn here. I don't know what I'm talking about because I haven't been in that situation myself of employing loads of my friends. I don't know. 
It's bizarre to me that there was no defined role for him. He just had to do everything like merch, security, editing shorts, managing social media, in addition to driving Brenda to gigs and basically doing everything under the sun for him. Where it looks like Brenda really screwed up in terms of Mark's employment is that he didn't keep any sort of time records for hours worked. No tracking of overtime or meal breaks despite Mark normally being an hourly wage employee. Mark's complaints recounts all of this with screenshots showing that he was not compensated for overtime, mileage, being on call, and on and on and on. There are all sorts of potential penalties that Thick Boy could be on the hook for in addition to back pay. What's interesting is that Mark's pay issues line up suspiciously well with the cast media stuff, mm. so it makes me think that money may be tight for Brenda and co. Mark confirmed this by saying 100% not being paid is connected to the cast fiasco. Mark imagine, imagine. <coughs> and I've got a, my ulterior sort of like, or my different opinion on this whole thing is that a lot of this is sort of like self-inflicted. Because I feel like in the beginning of all these pods, there was this common sort of trope that a lot of these guys had, especially um guys within the Jerry Extended Universe, which was we're gonna you know having our own platform to do our own thing means that we're not you know at the we're not we're not gonna be held to the whims of Hollywood and the industry, and we don't have to audition for things, and that we don't have to deal with gatekeepers and whatever. Maybe we can just kind of you know talk directly to our fans and make content that they like and if they like it then we can start making money that way and bloody blah, blah 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 right there was that there was that whole thing that they were guys were saying but the funny thing is i think there's a majority of com comedy podcasts i think can I, I can think of are all signed to some of these agencies like cast media the majority of them so even though they talk a big game about all this stuff they don't actually want to do the work themselves of having to secure their own sponsorship or brand deals they'd rather just turn up like the talent and just do the job so essentially they're kind of doing the same thing they would have done if they were hired by these big networks or these big production companies or whatever maybe it's the same thing it's the same thing exactly because they guess they kind of handle it for you and you basically just sit down and do your side of things without having to worry about the business when if they did worry about the business more and did handle that side of things and were quote-unquote independent they wouldn't have been in this position it obviously wouldn't have been as lucrative because you know these places have more deals has more maybe contacts and whatever maybe to secure deals but over the long term they probably would have made way more money and they would have been a bit more protected by stuff like this where these companies go down and you're kind of effed you know what i mean so that goes to show that maybe this is a lesson learned for these guys to maybe approach these things independently and do it on your own because i think if you I can't really understand why you'd ever even sign to a cast media, especially if you're a big pod and you've got a big following. For the most part, a lot of the ads you'll get anyway will be inbound. I've heard Rogan mention it loads of times. Rogan will mention something and then the company will reach out. Brendan said something like that same thing as well. I think he I think Brendan mentioned something about the pouch the fucking nicotine patches pouches, right? He mentioned them on flipping Rogan and they contacted him straight away when they mentioned it on Rogan. So if you've got a certain level of profile of name, more likely than not a lot of the brand deals you'll get will be inbound anyway. There'll be a lot of people hitting you up via DMs, via your e email to find out how they can kind of, you know, get in business with you because they know you've got a platform that's worthwhile to kind of get in front of and shit. So why sign with an agency? Why have them take a percentage just so they can handle the messages and emails and business so you don't have to do anything? It just seems a bit lazy, really, to be fair. So all these guys and girls who talk about being like a beast of flipping, you know, they talk about being beast um you know business people really are also pretty lazy and want everything done for them that's my little mini rant there 
Mark also confirmed that Thick Boy was getting their payments late from Cast as well. I'd known that they were behind in payments. Like I was very uh, privy to conversations that were had in the studio, and maybe Brent would tell me personally some stuff. It certainly was affecting them but i didn't know i didn't know what the norm was you know what i mean so it's like yeah late payments like i've dealt with late payments for like non-union gigs for example so i didn't know that it was like you were getting all these regular payments and then it just stopped or had this always been a situation that's what i was unclear on was like what was the pattern ticket sales aren't great lately and there's sort of just like there was an acknowledgement in the latter part of where I was working for him that like things were just generally trending in the wrong direction. I don't know. For a while, like I also knew they were unhappy with like just the amount of like money that they were getting from cast, like as far as the deals that they were getting and they thought they were worth more. And it's kind of like, you know, I'm looking at it like, well, all your views are fucking declining across the board. In retrospect, obviously, it seems like, you know, this is all connected. Um, but I also just doubt that Thick Boy was ever profitable in the first place because, again, he hires so many people to do, like, you know, to, to make a product that is doesn't seem that profitable. And I, I remember somebody who's close to him asked him, like, is Thick Boy profitable yet? And he, like, snapped on them. He's like, you don't have no fucking idea what it takes to turn a business profitable and blah, blah, blah. He's like, whoa, whoa, chill out, dude. Uh, that is absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. But that was all happening behind the scenes and it goes to show i think the last bit what he mentioned about you know thick boy going out straight away and hiring a bunch of people is one of the things that i never understood what was going on there because my initial reaction to it when he kind of did the whole thick boy thing it felt like to me it was more so his his attempt to try to control the narrative because at the time it was pretty evident and pretty clear that Showtime were the ones that said, you know what, we've had enough of you, like leave. And I've said it before, at where, you know, I think on previous streams, I wish I could maybe dig them out. But I remember saying before on previous streams that I really couldn't understand why Brendan would be so lazy and wouldn't take, you know, wouldn't do the need the necessary amount of prep work for um, Below the Belt. That, that's what his MMA show was called before, right? On Showtime channel. He wouldn't do enough prep work and stuff and you just kind of approach below the belt like he does the show show right just lazy come on there wouldn't know what the fight card was wouldn't know who was fighting on it what time it was reading off of wikipedia and just kind of reacting to the news that chin was kind of gathering off of you know mma socials and stuff and i just thought putting that level of effort in knowing you know the competition out there that exists is just crazy because there's guys and girls out there literally with like 200 flipping you know subscribers who are doing pretty crazy good detailed analysis and card breakdowns and you know um watch alongs and stuff of fights and stuff so you need to be able especially if you're a former fighter you need to be able to offer something a bit more so clearly showtime saw that he wasn't offering more than he probably should have and naturally they decided hey we're gonna kind of cut cut ties with you and i said from that point that i got the feeling that that showtime check was paying for a lot of things I think it was papering over a lot of cracks and it's no surprise that as soon as that showtime check got cut and he had to kind of do it on his own and kind of better himself the quality of the shows went down and now slowly but surely everything's coming to a grinding plateau you know what i mean which is the worst place to go it's probably better just to go all the way down and then try and come back up again but this kind of weird plateau places in is really bad and when he did the whole thick boy thing it felt like to me he was trying to control the narrative in terms of like hey look I didn't get fired. I'm still, even if I got fired, I'm still good. 
So that's why I think the whole Ferrari got purchased and he made a big deal out about that and showing that on socials. The whole big new office thing got purchased to show that, hey, it didn't matter if I lost Showtime, I could still do it on my own. And if anything, that tendency or that need to always be, you know, faking it till you make it and kind of worried about your image is maybe what's got him in this trouble because he kind of, you know, maybe stretched himself too thin, hired too many people, didn't need to have all these people there. I think Rogan even said it from a long time ago. Rogan said it from the beginning. And this is, things I've never understood why these guys kind of pick and choose the stuff they listen to Rogan about. But I remember Rogan saying a lot in the beginning when these guys used to appear on their show, like Fight Companions and stuff, you'd say stuff like, oh, um, I don't understand these big podcasts that are out there that have all these people working and a million people behind the scenes when really you don't need that many people. You need maybe like three to kind of have a successful podcast keep chugging along and at that time they they already have five employees you know what i mean not including whatever covers that comes on and that constant need to appear like you're successful because of mad people that you're hiring and stuff essentially put them in this position and now you know it's looking like it's very very peaky and maybe it means papa sure has to step in and cut another check to you know put a band-aid or some stuff who knows Yes, that's totally a sane response from a totally secure guy who's definitely not financially strapped. But what Mark says is true. Looking at Brenda's podcast, they're definitely not pulling the same numbers they used to. And he has so much overhead for the type of content that he makes, like he has three to four employees behind the scenes doing who knows what, not including the lease on his studio where he shits out the awful content. Another curious thing that Mark mentioned was that he was secretly taken off the payroll, I quote, seemingly in a desperate attempt to cut costs and make the company seem profitable or closer to. It. Now why would Baba be doing that? A comment from Mr. IcyPush6792 says, I'm a hedge fund guy. Live One is a publicly traded media company. One of their assets is Podcast One. Alvio filed a spin-off Podcast One a while ago. In June, it was announced that the spin-off is being delayed due to Nasdaq scrutiny regarding audited financials. Just prior, Alvio announced that its Podcast One entered a non-binding agreement to purchase certain assets of cast media. The long and short of Alvio's commentary surrounding the asset purchase was that the podcast ad revenue is drying up and they have an opportunity opportunity to purchase some assets on fire sale. The above is just a long-winded way of saying that an SEC-regulated publicly traded company dug through cast assets figures and BAPA was undoubtedly exposed. He mentions to have emailed LVO CEO to get some clarity, here's hoping he updates us soon. If we look at Podcast One's website, it does show all of Shab's shows on there, so I do suspect there is some Madoff number crunching going on. And maybe that's why he's discounting everything, from his premium thick nectar to designer quality merch. There was actually something that was said during Jim Cornette's show that does really well to summarize Brenda's business practices. When you're trying to fake it till you make it, at a certain point, you need to stop. And one of the biggest problems with podcasting as a business, as a genre right now, as an industry, is too many people don't understand what the business is. And the business is a wonderful business as long as you don't pump it up and try to make yourself bigger than you are and at productions that there's no audience for. Baba Shab is clearly not conservative with his money, so the really interesting question is, will he still be a millionaire in a couple of years? He is the king of thick boy empire right now, but I'm really curious where he will be in a few years. If I were to guess, I don't think he'll ever stop podcasting or doing comedy. He's got a rich dad that will bankroll him. I do think that he will have to drastically cut down on production and his team, but he will continue to do some type of podcast because the Redact thinks people want to hear him talk and he thinks he's actually good at it. As I have to stop there and say, um, my theory is on this one and i think i've got a different motive because i think there's a small maybe con 
there's a small group of people on the final kids subreddit who are secretly hoping that this guy goes all the way down and has to get a real job which i don't think is ever going to happen personally for me i think sometimes when you're born on what second or third base it just you just remain there forever and ever because for the most part you've got probably family that can always kind of you know give you a little bit of support if need be in my case i don't have that right if i if i need to make some money i have to kind of go out there and make it myself right? these guys always have the ability to have somebody not even just lend them money but actually support them until they kind of get back on their feet so with that being said and knowing how you know successful brendan's dad is and the fact that he clearly is a, a very intelligent dude from the sound of his voice on hearing him on that clip on the front and the kid i would imagine that most likely there is no real kind of like back to like real life sort of you know level for brendan i'm also very dubious about this whole idea about him kind of you know maybe um what's that thing called uh simplifying shit and being a bit i don't think that's gonna happen because the reason why i don't because that whole ferrari buying thing when you get fired from showtime is the real big red flag because i think regular people would obviously maybe you'd maybe still lie right you might still lie about you got you got fired you might not want to admit it because it's embarrassing so you might say it was a mutual decision but you wouldn't go and purchase a ferrari just to kind of stick it to your haters to kind of make it known that you're, you're not hurting and that you're okay that's not something that normal people do who don't care about faking it till you're making it so i think if the, if he purchased that ferrari being a sign or is an in any indication of his kind of you know mental state and how he sees things i think it's still important for his image so that's the only really concerning thing i think in that regard so maybe it might have to go all the way down to zero because i don't think there's ever going to be a point in time where he'd want to move into an apartment he'd want to flicking you know um sell some cars and shit that's not going to happen because that is a huge part of his identity as well he kind of holds on to that in terms of a signifier of how successful he is and unfortunately those may end up being the the sort of like weights on his legs that kind of drag him down to the bottom but i still don't think there'll be a bottom i think you know with rogan as well in his corner that's another thing people don't realize too um i think i mentioned or somebody you spoke who i speak to about it the other day somebody i forgot who it was but basically i've always had the feeling and suspicion that rogan you know secretly has always regretted that conversation he had with brendan about you know his ufc career and quitting and whatnot and he probably made a secret i'm just kidding i'm just throwing this out as a theory but i've got a feeling that brendan that rogan made like a a thing in his head where he will do everything in his power to always help brendan because he felt bad about that conversation like making him quit basically he kind of felt maybe that he wasn't in his place to say that maybe it was the wrong time it came across well he invited loads of hate whatever it may be i just got a feeling that rogan also would be the type of person you know how we've heard of him spoken about via various comedians he helps out a bunch of people behind the scenes and doesn't mention it so i can imagine rogan even being the kind of person to cut him a check of like a couple of mil to kind of get himself back on feet again like loads of things that could happen so i don't think there's ever going to be a time where he's kind of down and out completely because he's got too many people in his corner that are riding for him and basically um feel like they you know should be there to kind of hold him up if he ever goes down so it'll be interesting to see how it plays out but i thought this video courtesy of dicey dicey was a really good one let's just play the end bit and then we'll end it
Joe's doing comedy, no way he stops the only thing that he has common with Joe and the circle he hangs out with. There's plenty of comics that work the road their whole life without ever making it big or actually making decent money. The only serious repercussion I can see is him getting divorced, and even that might be a blessing in disguise. There's no way that they can keep up their current lifestyle. They've already downgraded from how they were living a few years ago. They both want to live a luxurious life, but Miss Schlob wants that lifestyle more and won't stick around for the next downgrade. What that's, that's the most Whatever it is, I'm here for the ride. And I'd like to hear from you in the comments. Where do you think Bapa will end up in three years from now? And if you enjoyed this video, please be sure to subscribe to the channel. And that, big up, Dicey Dicey. Check out the video yourself. The title's there. You can see it. Great channel. But um, that's the bit that I've never really understood. Like, the need to kind of live a life where you guys look like you're flipping you know i don't know like he's like an nfl player or something i've never really understood that it's such a bizarre thing i don't think you see any other maybe again i don't look at stuff too often about the partners of these comedians but i don't think there's any other partner of a big comedian out there who kind of lives such a lavish life on social media even rogan's wife isn't a bit on social do you know what i mean and she's probably the richest out of all of them whereas this one is like all over the place like sitting in lambos you know expensive cars and jewelry and stuff it's just a that's the, that's the kind of thing that'll keep me up at night it's one thing that i've got to pay my car note but knowing that i've also got to you know um support a grown adult who kind of is at home all day and doesn't work and has very very expensive and particular taste that's gonna really hurt that's gonna really keep me up at night i'm gonna be like bloody hell mate how many ads do i have to run how many views do i have to buy how many hippo hippo ads do i have to kind of blur out in the middle of a fight companion to kind of keep this lady satisfied but i also think she's not going anywhere so i think that whole kind of divorce arc is a bit null and void but anyway let's see how it plays out really good video courtesy of dicey dicey check it out if you haven't already it's a really good one it's a really good one um but yeah what we're saying here then what we're saying here um Bala says i think this is a baddies more than the downgrade lifestyle but it definitely doesn't help when it's probably the only reason she stayed yeah of course sure for sure for sure um i don't know i've just got a different my view on it is more so i think in her point of view i, I think from looking out and in, in i think they've got a silent agreement it's not it's probably not said it's probably something that doesn't get said aloud but the silent agreement is look just don't embarrass me out here um and then i'll let you kind of do what you want but then that also means you give you give me what i want so that means bags that means cars that means trips to fucking las vegas to go see the florist and whatnot allegedly i think that's what's basically going on um i think some people on reddit or in other places think of them in the conventional thing uh but i don't think it's that conventional i think it's really what i said there it's like it's kind of a mutually beneficial agreement he gets to have like you know a latina baddie on his arm you know with the bums and the tits and all that malarkey and then she also gets the ability to have a lifestyle that she probably wouldn't be able to afford on her own either which I don't think is true because I think if she did decide to, you know, jump on the old OF, <laughs> I think it would go up. If 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 Kat is up there making whatever she's making, hundred grand a month or whatnot, I think she'd do pretty well on there as well. But you know, I'm assuming maybe culturally that wouldn't be the most um encouraged thing to do in that regard, maybe. Who knows? But hey, what can you do? What can you do? Moving from that one, I've got this clip I wanted to play for you. <clears throat> which features Andrew Schultz talking about the Nelk Boy podcast. It's kind of gone by this whole news. I'm kind of late on it, but I just wanted to play this little clip, especially because it's kind of Schultz describing his dislike for the guy, right? For the guy that he kind of dealt with. So, um, 
the whole premise behind it, I'm sure most of you know, Andrew Schultz recorded a podcast with the Nelk guys and it never got published because he had a bit of a tete-a-tete with one of the hosts, right? The guy that kind of looks a bit dorky, right? The little Jewish kind of kid. And um, it didn't go so well and they decided to kind of can it. And now, of course, it's kind of come out because another guy associated with Nelk decided to kind of talk about it and it became a bit of a thing on socials. People were asking them to release it and eventually they did. Um, and basically both sides of the camps have been talking about it and why it didn't come out and Andrew Schultz has kind of given his opinion as to why the pod wasn't good and why it didn't work in the time and basically saying you know he didn't really vibe with the guys because they didn't really know each other too well and he made this particular point about the guy which I thought the guy from Nook sorry which I thought would be is very um, it would also have some relevance to how people maybe see Brendan I think I mentioned it before right some people I think in this is kind of in relation to what Luis J. Gomez was talking about, where he said, oh, um, why some people may not like Brendan Schwab and stuff, and why maybe not give him a second chance. I think this may be one of the reasons, because I think the way he describes this Nelk guy could also be a way you could describe Brendan, personally for me. Listen to this little clip here, see if you agree with what I have to say. Because if he says I'm familiar, you'd be softer. But if you think he's trolling, the only way to beat him is to... And there's a certain level of, like, you got to be at a level to troll. You know, like, if, if Charlemagne is trolling me like that and I'm on The Breakfast Club, it's just a hilarious thing. Yeah. But, you know, I don't think anybody has gone further in entertainment with less talent than this kid. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> I'm like... Don't you think that would be a great way to describe why some people may not, dis may not may dislike Red Brendan? The fact that he has been able to get so far in his career with, you know, what people would deem to be mediocre talent or not a lot of talent. That might be one way to describe it. Because I think there is an element of that as well included there. Because I think some people maybe see him and extrapolate into their own life and say, you know what? I've seen other people in my own industry, in my own lives who have basically been able to you know skirt by in life not being incredibly redacted but because of the connections and the people that they know they kind of advanced and got further than i did through pure hard work and whatever and talent that i had it didn't really get me too far because they know the right people because i'm sure that happens in green rooms i'm sure there are comedians out there who are you know speaking bad about the guy behind his back just because they know how far he's gotten because of the rogan flipping stamp of approval because we've now seen the two sides of it We've seen how far Brennan's got with the Rogan stamp of approval. And we've also seen how different it is for him out there now that Rogan's moved away to Austin. It's clear that there was an influence there. He definitely did have some, even in Callan as well to a lesser extent, some direct influence as to how quickly he ascended, right? How quickly everything sort of worked out for him. And unfortunately, for Brendan whatever it may be the gas got to his head and it kind of affected how he kind of moved and stuff and he kind of felt like he couldn't be touched and you know bloody blah, blah blah could do no wrong but I don't know I feel this description of that guy is something that you could easily just put towards the flipping Brendan's kind of trajectory what do you guys think in the chat do you think I'm a bit off there or is that maybe a good way to describe Brendan's um why people some people maybe dislike Brendan uh people are saying here uh buh, buh, buh. yeah Schultz sucks I hate that dude I hated him from day one <laughs> okay fair play my good or final Schultz Bala says yeah they can see it when people they don't know but when it's sure it's a good guy exactly there we go there we go Bala no one actually says that but that's the thing that people don't really want to say aloud which I really don't really can't really get in my head why that isn't the case or why can't some people figure out hey but I think because you know why they don't say that I'm just thinking about it now 
I think they all don't say that because I think they all secretly we would want what Brendan got because Brendan still to this day if I'm not mistaken he still has the highest amount of individual appearances on the GRE which is insane to think about all the illustrious flipping guests that Brent that Rogan's had over the years all the amazing people have achieved amazing things Brendan's still the one that's got the highest amount of individual appearances on there flipping insane so I think a lot of these guys would want to be in Brendan's shoes if possible they'd want to be in his shoes where they're able to flip in go on Rogan where they when they want have his ear and you know basically get that rub so they don't want to say it because they know that you know they would want it and we also know that the truth of the matter is it definitely did help his career and they would want it for themselves that's probably why they don't do it maybe I'm not really too sure but it's kind of given me that kind of vibe overall um what we're saying here um Schultz is a hypocrite he told everyone YouTubers future and Netflix is dead and special Netflix yeah yeah that was a that was an epic troll though to be fair as well I'm gonna count that as a troll I think he did that really well to be fair um it's just funny that how his fans kind of bought all the flipping gas that's a funny part of it um and as well I kind of get the feeling as well similar to maybe he's a bit he's a bit more clever with it Schultz I think he's a bit more subtle but I also get the feeling he always thinks he's a lot more smart than his audience so so which probably he is considering how they kind of bought his whole game hook line and sinker maybe he, he's got some truth in it I don't really know but I, I don't really mind the pod too tough I watch the clips here and there I can't stand the whole thing overall because of the cackles on the flipping couches but I watch the clips here and there. they do have some some good points here and there I saw Netflix and Schultz is even a word I'm Schultz with the third grade right kicker <laughs> i've never liked him always suspect and then he proved me right relentlessly yeah Chauvin schultz sound like a cupcake of auschwitz cards <laughs> a couple of auschwitz oh sorry a cupcake a couple of auschwitz cards but they both have british mums still no point in here just saying yeah fair play i see what you mean just an observation but yeah i think this description of this guy is definitely a description that you could have for brendan um the guy i'm flipping um what you call it nelk so yeah big up them for that and RIP to that Nelk kid because he definitely got buried in this flipping clip that Schultz did. Moving on from that, I want to play this one. This is flipping. A, this is maybe one of my favorite clips so far that I've ever seen on the Friday the Kids sub. So somebody did the flipping, did a, all of us a favor and watched the Bradley Martin and Brendan Shaw interview in full and made notes. I watched in the background. I didn't have notes. So I didn't prepare and put clips together and shit. So slapping the wrist for me but someone on the final kids have it did right and they put a clip together this is the clip right on the final kids have it says brendan claims he was going to be the host of fear factor reboot and he gave it to ludicrous <laughs> hope ludicrous thanked him right play let's play this clip so you can hear this this might be one of the most craziest brendan shaw lies i've ever heard in my entire flipping life i swear to god just imagine the kind of person that you'd have to be to lie about this on the spot like that you know what i mean this is insane let's play it fucking like no, some people animal. don't even know he does stand-up comedy some people think he's just a host from fear factor Fuck, dude what a legend dude, like oh the guy from fear factor it's like what what that was 15 years ago yeah i'll never forget that i'll never forget fear factor oh, i love it they tried Fuck. redoing it i actually auditioned for the host but it's down to me and ludicrous dude they would have you would have got so much hate for that really dude? oh that's i pulled myself out i was like oh, no, no 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 i didn't think i'd get it and when they asked me it was like it's down to you i'm like Told my agent, I'm like, this is a bad look, man. Yeah, they're. I'm gonna... already close with Joe now. I'm the host of. <laughs> Bro, they would have fucking. Ru- they would have been like, oh, really, Brandon? Oh, uh, okay, yeah. Fucking no, trust me. I, tr- I, I saw that hate wave coming. I'm like, I'm. Out. Can you believe that? 
can you believe that he made up that lie? He said that he was in next in line to be the host of the Fear Factor reboot. And it was down to him and fucking Ludacris. Can you believe that fucking lie that he made up on the spot? They're having a conversation, I think, previously about Joe, I'm assuming, and how some people don't know Joe's the comedian and stuff. And, you know, because these guys, especially if you're Brendan and you fucking look up to Joe more than you look up to your dad, right? You fucking love Joe Rogan. He obviously assumes that everybody must know everything about Joe. And some people don't give a fuck about the guy and only know him for his podcast. That's how it probably should be, right? The whole reason why you do what you do, having a million stuff going on at the same time, is that so you have different so you have different audiences. One audience might know you for your live streams, but one might know you for your gaming stuff, or might know you for your comedy, whatever. It's quite nice to have that separation. It's quite. A, I think it's actually a good thing. It's actually a strength. But I guess in Brendan's head, if you make content, everyone should know who you are. So in his head, he he, I think it was that George guy didn't know that Joe did stand up. So he was flipping shocked at it. So he's obviously talking about that. And in this conversation where it's quite, you know, it's a nice loose conversation about Joe and his career and stuff. He somehow gets the feeling, the urge to just insert himself into it and want to be the kind of hero of this story. And look, and hey, hey, look how amazing I am. And just unprovoked, really. Think about it. This is unprovoked. No one told him anything. No one suggested anything. He wasn't prompted. He decided unprovoked to offer up this information because he wanted to seem awesome this is a joke done on the fly sorry a lie on the fly this is really scary that someone can lie like this let's play it one more time it's a fucking like no, some people animal. don't know he does stand-up comedy some people think he's just a host from fear factor Fuck, dude what a legend dude, like oh the guy from fear factor it's like what what that was 15 years ago yeah i'll never forget that i'll never forget fear factor oh, i love it they Fuck. tried redoing it i actually auditioned for the host for it. it's down now see i think if I'm going to be fair to the guy, I think there is some truth to this. He probably did audition for the host of the new Fear Factor. I don't think the other stuff is real. It's true. No way. So I'm going to say most likely the truth part of it, the truthful part about this is that he did audition to be the new host of Fear Factor because of how much he fucking loves Joe Rogan, right? He named his kid after fucking Rogan, essentially, I think so, right? Call him one kid Boston when he's got no connection to Boston whatsoever. He, you know, he always talks about the state he sells out the most tickets in is flipping Texas. So why not call your kid fucking Austin or Dallas or something? Why call the kid Boston? Obviously, Rogan's famous for being born in Boston and coming up in that scene and how hard it was, blah, 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 blah. So my feeling is that he probably named his kid after, after, after Rogan. If that's the case, he's also probably going to be the same type of dude who's going to want to follow in Rogan's footsteps, right? He's going to want to be the next Rogan. That's what he kind of said one time before. He's going to, you know, he kind of wants to, like, oh, you know, um, overtake what Rogan's done and whatnot, blah, 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 blah. So I have a feeling that he purposely did try to audition for the flipping fear factor role because he wanted to follow rogan's flipping example right follow his lead but all the rest of the story is complete lies that's my theory so the start of it's true but then like a true pathological liar yo big up um chris hutch appreciate the super chat great host never got it <laughs> thank you big up you for the super chat but i think like a good pathological liar brendan then had to up the ante it wasn't enough that he just auditioned for the thing and didn't get it because a decent human would be like you know what i auditioned for the role of fear factor because i was super hell-bent on trying to be the next rogan but then i quickly realized how much of a beast that job was and i'm kind of lucky that i didn't get it and obviously you know it's between me and ludicrous who they're gonna pick of course they're gonna pick fucking ludicrous you know what i mean like something like that right but he doesn't he puts it 
he puts himself as a fucking hero, as a fucking... And then, as well, think about it, when I play this clip, right? Bradley gives him an out. Bradley Martin gives him an out, and I fucking hate him for that. He gave him an out because he's the one that says to him, oh, you would have got so much hate for that dude. And then Brendan, in, the, in an attempt to try and be self-aware, he then shows, yeah, I knew, I knew. Brother, you've never known. He's never known why people don't like him. He's never known why you know people out there maybe aren't fans of him and whatever maybe he's never been he's never been accepting of why they don't like him so i don't think that self-awareness exists so he kind of had to you know he did it quite well to be fair he he kind of improvised on the spot he jumped at the opportunity to kind of be self-deprecating and kind of show a bit of humility and show a bit of self-awareness oh my god i knew i was gonna get hate and stuff that's why i pulled out of it but then he then added another layer of the lie by saying he's the one that said i don't want it essentially he's the one that gave it to Ludacris imagine who Ludacris was when that reboot what must have happened maybe this was might have been what Fast and Furious five times or something that's what he's saying just imagine how insane that lie is that somehow he, his profile was at the level that would suggest that he would get down to the last two of a host of such a show imagine all the amount of people that are going to be auditioning for that show in LA right hosts all over the place and he was the one they wanted to pick until the end and then he's the one that pulled away and essentially handed it to fucking ludicrous the same way that he's the one that gave erohuani his big chance to go and do the flipping coverage for showtime <laughs> this guy is incredible let's just play it let's go again one more time one more time this is one of the best lies i've ever heard brendan tell i swear to god this is an impeccable lie yeah fear factor i oh, love it they tried well, redoing it I actually auditioned for the host for it. It's down to me and Ludacris. Dude, they would have. You would have got so much hate for that. Really? Dude? Oh, that's. I pulled myself out. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I didn't think I'd get it. And when they asked me, it was like, it's down to you. I'm like, told my agent, I'm like, this is a bad look, man. Yeah, they were. I'm gonna... already close with Joe. Now I'm the host of. <laughs> Bro, they would have fucking. They would have been like, oh, really, Brandon? Oh, okay, yeah. Fucking. No, trust me. I, tr I, I saw that hate wave coming. I'm like, no, he didn't. That's a brilliant lie. Legitimately one of the most brilliant lies I've ever seen in my life. But I hate Bradley for giving him that out. Because Bradley gave him the out by saying, yeah, you would have got all that hate. And then he quickly jumped in the, yeah, man, I knew. That's why I didn't do it. It's like, no, you didn't. Come on, man. So again, to be fair to the guy, I think the, the first part of the story is true. He probably did audition for it because he loves Rogan so much and he sucked. You know, sucks him off at every given opportunity. I'm sure he did audition for the role to be the new host of Fear Factor Reboot. But the rest of the story is a complete fabrication. What do you guys think in the chat? That's what I think anyway. Seven Dirty says, um, what happened to Fear what happened to Fear Factor Reboot? Where's Luda exactly? We don't know. Um AZ is right, says Starlux, this dude is late on the mullet tip for sure. Um as as Sada sees has pulled himself out, thank thank be thank him exactly. <laughs> pulled himself out thank him exactly <laughs> david guerra said did baba pay the one thousand ten thousand yet probably not i'm gonna play that next seven days says why would they even ever get him for the role for the rogan appearances exactly it doesn't make any sense it nothing about it makes sense because we've seen what he's like on tv reading prompts just being a host he's crap at it even on his own pods he's not really good at it personally i've, I've always my kind of you know theory is that the golden hour would be improved a lot more if he kind of played the role as a person that just sets things up instead of just sitting in the middle and trying to be the host leading the show if he just let eric and chris kind of riff and then kind of you know interjected here and there with his dumb takes i think that show would be a lot better but because he wants to try and hang and be there with them and be the host it kind of sucks all the energy out of the room 
he's just sat there kind of trying to parrot everybody's jokes and stuff um so he's not he's not a good host even on pods he's not a good host so imagine him trying to be a presenter like come on bro that's not happening um pulled out like he uh he pug that does his oh gee i can't come on i see as sad i see i can't read that <laughs> and then he did super genesis bradley and bapa flirting b yeah it was it was honestly one of the best appearances he's done in a while I feel like um, Brendan did come across really well on it. But again, like I said, he's on his best behavior. He wanted to impress his new friend. So that's fair. Um, Gamebridge Footballer said he can't read. True. Logos Cartel says, what are you talking about, B? I don't really know. I just go. Golden Hour sucks, but at least I got this new gold jacket. <laughs> yeah, that gold jacket that was meant to be for fans only, patron fans only. They couldn't sell any, then they put it up on the main website. Oh. That's got to hurt, man. Yeah, big up my guy, Rodeo Brito. I see you there in the chat as well. Big up you. Hope you're good, my friend. If you wanted to hurt me, God on, brother. He's so performative, whoever he's in front of. Exactly. 730. It's all just a big fucking game, man. But um, <laughs> I don't know. I just love it. I guess because I can't lie like that. I'm really impressed when I see people lie like that, you know? My ability to lie like that is very, very bad. I've not got the capacity to just on the fucking fly make up an incredible lie to paint myself out to be the fucking hero of my own movie. But this Brendan guy has a real talent to just on the spot, like, just lie. It's just really uncanny. It really is. There's that one pod where he's on, I think it's Busting With The Boys, where he just mentions out of the blue that he's got um, a board of directors at Thick Boy, right? He's on his Busting With The Boys chat. They're talking to him about something. And he just mentions how the blue without without being prompted, without being suggested, like he just wants to impress these guys. And he mentions, oh yeah, we've got a board of directors at Thick Boy. Board of directors. And then they grill him a bit more. And he's like, yeah, I ask them for advice. They give me input on business. I'm like, oh my God, that's almost impressive. A board of directors. <laughs> what? Like business fucking input. What? <laughs> for a YouTube channel. <laughs> honestly it was legitimately what i find that so impressive i find it because i don't know i just find that bit to do that so impressive i don't know maybe because i just can't lie like that and i wish i could so again it's more of that kind of you know seeing things in people that you wish you had yourself but god almighty mate what an incredible guy mate honestly <laughs> both of directors for thick boy <laughs> for food truck diaries imagine for food truck diaries huh? for golden hour <laughs> for t5k what advice? <laughs> Business advice. Read your ads at 20 minutes, not at 30 minutes. <laughs> End the show at 1 hour 20, not 1 hour 18. Like, what the fuck? Anyway, let's move on. Um, this clips are absolutely hilarious. This is courtesy again of the Fire and the Kids subreddit. So big up these guys. They managed to find these clips of Fia Vaughn in the wild. I think, is this during UFC 2, is it 291 or 391? One of the others that went happen over the weekend. Unfortunately, um, my boy Dustin Poirier lost with a fucking brutal head kick, um, which was really unexpected to be fair. So big up Justin Gaethje. But um, I guess Fia was in the audience. Fia was there live. Um, milling around having a good time and look what fear was doing right he's out here as people as the title says dealing with his demons because that was a quote that everybody kind of repeats that fear said in the last episode that he was on of the golden hour which no sorry king of the sting now called the golden hour he said he had to sort some stuff out that's why he had to leave um <laughs> the golden hour and brendan made it seem like no, he said he had to sort some stuff out. Fio didn't say that. Um, he said he was taking a step back. 
and Brendan kind of jitters that he saw himself stuff out to kind of give it the impression that Theo's fucking mental health was well, you know was suffering that's why he couldn't be in front of camera and he was taking a step back from the limelight when in actuality he was taking a step away from Brendan that's the fucking truth of the matter that's a real brutal sad truth of the matter is that he actually didn't want to be Brendan's friend clearly or he didn't want to be associated with him and he felt he was bad for business and he hasn't been back ever since and this is him sorting stuff out I want to sort stuff out He's out there with the baddies, bruv, hanging out. <laughs> Having a good old time, right? But there's this other clip, right? This other angle, because I think that clip is flipping, going booky on me. This angle clip I want to play is the one that really made me laugh, right? Because I'm thinking, what do you guys think? What's the theory here, right? This is again, because of fear of one of things, subreddit, right? It is right there, it is. You can see it. But let's play this, right? This one's the one I'm, what a, I'm curious to say. I think there might be a bit of a again not to put any smoke on his thing because it is what it is we all adults we all do our adult fun but is it me or does one of these fine ladies hand something off to the old Theo Vaughan does it Theo Vaughan get a little cheeky package while he's out there at flipping UFC because again I don't blame him if I was out there I probably would have done the same thing but did he hand over did he get handed a cheeky package did he hand over some money what was going on here just keep an eye on what's going on with this lady comes with a bag that he kind of hugs. Just keep an eye on what's happening here. The lady in the yellow, that one there. Does she does she open her bag a little bit? Hug Theo. And then a bit of a hand exchange. Hmm. What do you guys think? Hmm. Was that cash? Was that a number? Was that some, was that a little baggy? Like, what would that be? Because when the lady approaches, she does open her bag to get ready to do something. The bag is opened right there. She approaches. Right? Two baddies in front of Theo living the fucking life, right? Two baddies in front of him, right? One ring card girl, maybe one ring card girl that's off duty or something, right? So living a good life there. Right, they do that little white people hug, right? Where they don't really touch each other, like side to side, no contact, no creepy shit, all good. Right? He's safe in that regard, no crystal allegations there, very mutual, very happy. Then he puts his hand in his pocket and like a true, like a true party boy, because you know, when you're out here, you have to make sure you have everything separate. So you got your main cash in one pocket, maybe in a wallet, but you know you've always got one pocket with the exact amount of what you know, a little baggie goes for, whether it's $50, whether it's 60, whether it's 100, you've got the exact amount just nicely folded in your pocket, ready to go. So when someone's got something for you, you can just slip that in their hand. And even if it is, you know, over the amount, you can say, you know what, keep the rest of the fucking tip. You know, you just slip that in their hand. You'd have to stand there like an amateur and flick through your money. No, no, no. It's all folded nicely in your pocket so you can hand it off to them and keep it going. Because he gets there, digs into his pocket. Little handover to the woman in the hand, and then they keep it moving. But again, big up Theo for living, even if that is the case. I don't mind. Enjoy, have a good time, sir. You flipping deserve it. You had to put up with a lot of shit. And to be fair to Theo, he flipping left at the right time, the right perfect time, really. And 
it's been pretty sick to see his career go from you know it was pretty good yeah good good level but now it's gone crazy right he's interviewing fucking hulk hogan all these fucking podcasts are getting millions of views now he's getting invited everywhere he's doing skits of all these famous comedians and shit he's living the fucking life and it's great to see man because if anybody in that fucking you know um infested you know cesspool of a scene deserves it it's flipping fear in my opinion if there's one person in that scene who deserves that kind of success, um, it's definitely Theo. He's definitely one of my favourites, always has been. So it's great to see him get that kind of level of success out there. And yeah, you know, enjoying the baddies, living his life, having a good time. You know, clearly they enjoy his company too, which is great to see because a lot of these comedians get a bad rap from the ladies out there for being dirt bags and whatnot. But you can clearly see the ladies fucking love Theo. You know, L yeah, LL Cool T. That's what he should be, right? LL Cool T. The ladies fucking love Theo Vaughan. They love the Rat King. And that's flipping great to see. So big up Theo for enjoying himself and having a flipping good time and being great company as well. Clearly, clearly great company to the point where they're all flipping laughing and giggling and they love being around him. So it's impossible to hate that sort of stuff, honestly. It's flipping impossible to hate. Um, What are you guys saying in the chat? I'm pretty sure Theo is sober, says Joe Sant Santoro. All right, Joe, whatever you say, buddy. <laughs> Straight to the sky rocket. No one saw him. Lepantamain says, let that Theo be. This is getting a bit too much into his business. Imagine the creep filming him. Yeah, true. Fair enough. That's true. That's a good point. I think people just, people, I think people were more so filming him because he was talking to baddies as just like, that's cool to kind of see him out there doing his thing. But I do see what you mean about the fucking creepiness of nature of it. There's a video actually, I, I, I want to, I actually don't want to play it because that's the one that's fucking disturbing. There's a video of Andrew Schultz um, being ambushed by some guy. I'm not sure if you guys have seen him. The guy in, in New York that does videos where he says, what do you, um, what do you do for a living? what's your job that kind of thing so he basically ambushes schultz with his wife while they're out on a dog walk somewhere in, near their home and they're literally going home it looks like they go into their fucking apartment and he's talking to them through their fucking apartment door like and schultz has been quite nice and respectful but obviously walking away and not talking to the guy and not giving him any time but i'm thinking yo these guys on social media are fucking crazy they were literally filming shots like with his dog and his fucking wife walking into their apartment, walking into their building, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, you know, New York buildings, just like, you know, apartments, you have to main door on the street and shit. And he's literally following them as they flipping go towards the lift. I'm like, not following them, but he's like standing outside filming them. I'm thinking, yo, these guys are absolutely insane. The youth of today don't have no limits, mate. Um, no lines. Justin Torres said only a boomer would pay cash for drugs out in open cash app baby nah man we don't want no digital trails man we don't want no digital flipping trails we want a straight cash in hand brother um Zinga you're teaching the dogs <laughs> the dog ads <laughs> live nah I'm not teaching anything man I'm just saying you know adults be adulting you know what I mean that was sloppy if that was a transaction makes me think not just a number or something yeah probably um Steve Castaneda says I wonder if you'll go back to TFK to promote your special when it drops that's what I'm wondering too. He, to be fair, again, I like to play. Let's like be fair to everybody. I think he owes Brendan and those guys one appearance. If he did leave under the premise, because if he did give the, if he gave Brendan the the impression that he was leaving because he was mentally not in the right place, but then he goes off and does a million things. <clears throat> He's in a DJ booth with fucking Diplo in Miami. He's partying and shit. 
if that's the case, then that's 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 out of order. That's not fair. That's not cool. So he owes Brendan an appearance just to come in and just kind of give a bit of charity, give back, get the views up again, <clears throat> have a good time. But I've got a feeling, sorry, my kind of gut feeling, because I know how these guys are. No, I know, but I've got a feeling these guys are all quite money motivated and shit. My gut feeling tells me that most likely what happened was that Theo's agent sat him down and said, hey, we've got some big things planned for you. We can see... We can kind of see where you're going trajectory wise and want to help you maximize it. And the one way you can now is to cut these guys off. Like Theo, Brian, um, sorry, Chris D'Elia, Brian Callan, all these guys aren't good for business. Brendan Schaub, they're not good for business. You need to cut these guys off if you want to reach the next level. I think that's what happened. That's, I think that's my gut feeling. He was kind of partly his choice to go because he was kind of fed up and maybe didn't want to do the show, whatever, maybe, maybe it wasn't fun anymore. But also, I think partly due to the um, these agents telling him, hey, because come on, think about it. The moment he stepped away from f fucking King and the Sting, Fio's career has gone. It's just gone crazy. And again, he was always really, you know, he was always really funny to me. Um, I feel like he was always had the potential to be super huge. But just it doesn't feel like, a, you know, it's too much of a coincidence. It feels like they turned on the engine and pressed the button as soon as he left, you know, and abandoned Brendan and stuff. But I think a part of me, to be fair, also feels like he owes them a bit of kind of charity to kind of go back and say, you know what, let me kind of help you guys out. Because if he did give it, if he did give the impression that he left because he was mentally not well and then he goes and he's on tour with fucking Diplo and shit and having the time of his life, come on, man, help those guys out a little bit. You know what I mean? Help them out a little bit, I think so. Um, but hey, what can you do? What can you do? Uh, da, da, da. Ba, ba, ba. What are people saying here? Um, I just approved some comments. Carl Hug, Carl Hungus, please explain. I, again, I haven't. You said here, unique is a lips is a lipsy tard, <laughs> lols. But this is a blatant rip of of what unique's take he made this video days ago maybe a week ago by now and ago already admits that he's a subscriber to unique um first of all i don't actually watch many of his clips unless i'm on here to be completely honest i'm subscribed to the channel of course when he comes on live i might have it on in the background but i don't know his takes all the way through i might scan through on a clip of what he clipped and see what he clipped up and put on there but i'm not watching the whole thing to hear his takes really for the most part i like the guy but i'm not really that interested in his takes and whatnot um but if he we do have a similar take there's not really many takes to have in it it's not really they're not like it's not they're not intellectual property you know it's just it's kind of what you kind of surmise by what you just watch and listen to so if i did rabbit something that unique said maybe it's just parallel thinking maybe we're both you know it's kind of great minds speak alike but i can promise you i don't sit here and watch what people say and then kind of rabbit what they say if anything i try my best to provide as much of my own view on things and if you guys watch my stream well enough you'll know that i sometimes have horrendous takes like really bad ones <laughs> like a good example is i thought that burt crasher movie was going to do really well you know <laughs> i thought it was going to be a fucking blockbuster that i thought you know what i mean i thought that was going to be all over the place and i got proven wrong so this whole narrative you're trying to run with that i cut somehow go on unique streams and take his takes is very very misguided i would say um not to say i don't like the guy because i do i'm a big fan of his still but 
Um, to say that I'm blatantly ripping off Unix's coverage with zero credit is insane. <laughs> to be honest, it really is. I'm always late covering things. I think you can see from my clips where I post stuff. So if I'm posting stuff late, it's not because I was waiting to fucking digest what he said and put it out. It's just because I'm fucking lazy, isn't it? That's usually why. But yeah, maybe go, maybe it's, it, maybe it says a lot more about Unix that he's obviously a lot brighter than probably people give him credit for. Because if he's saying stuff that I'm saying, but then I'm not fucking inebriated and he's saying it's sloshed, that means that he's super smart. I mean, because I have to use all my brain cells to say what I say. And if he can say it, you know, in whatever state he's in, that means he's a fucking G, which I've always thought he was. So, um, yeah. Um, don't really too much into it. It's not, it's not that deep, brother. Like, honestly, like, this stuff, we all, most sensible people, if you don't have an agenda, if you're not biased, you're probably going to have the same opinion as other people. If you have a hate bone over some people, you might not. It just, it depends on it. It kind of is what it is. But, you know, if you do feel that way, then what can I do? What can I do? Um, next one. Actually, we've got this clip where I want to play. Again, putting some credence into um, the whole fear of war and being an absolute gentleman, and I feel like there should be there should be more of this. Personally, there should be more of this, right? Um, that's why I'm hoping, fingers crossed, and I'm kind of you know in, inside praying that nothing crazy comes out about Matt Rife because the ladies out there seem to love Matt Rife, the mums, the sisters, the daughters. I mean, everybody seems even the fellas they seem to love Matt Rife. I'm praying that he doesn't come out and he's some sort of undercover creep i hope that's not the case there needs to be a counter reaction so there needs to be like no there needs to be a counter trend so for all the flipping dirtbags out there that are doing the whole chrysalia shit the pedoing the diddling the just being horrible humans to the ladies there also needs to be more of this out there right of this flipping clip that i'm gonna play from you from the front of the kids subreddit of this young lady talking about how much how much she loves fear right they talk about her right look this is the title She's speaking about Chris and Theo, but he, listen to how she speaks about Theo because she does, you know, she has some bad things to say about Chris naturally, but she speaks about Theo pretty well. And I think there needs to be more of this in the industry. Guys just treating, even if they are flipping, you know, whatever, adult entertainment stars, just being gentlemen to ladies they interact with. That'd be quite nice to see. So let's play this. Automatic uh, comedians in my DMs. Okay, like who? Ooh, a canceled one, Chris D'Elia. Oh. Yes, he's canceled. Why We're not he responding can't? to him. He's problematic. He is? Yeah. And he's, how many times would you say he's DM'd you? Well, I used to respond to him a lot, so uh, multiple. Okay. It's ongoing. Okay. <laughs> and anyone else? Any other comedians? Oh, we're name dropping Theo Vaughn. <gasps> no way. I love him, though. Do you See, I love him, though. I like that. That's lovely. I like that. I'm not going to lie. I think that's really cool. The fact that she said that about Theo is really nice. And we need to have more of that. We need to have a, a counter reaction of like guys out there who, again, do what you want to do, you know, live your life, be a rock star, but also, you know, maybe treat them nice. I don't know. Maybe be a gentleman. Maybe have them have some, have them have some good things to say about you. That would be pretty nice to see in it from time to time, instead of it just being a constant barrage of fucking horrible people. So maybe we need more of that. Um <laughs> And Laputa may say we don't need more of these in my opinion. Maybe we don't, but I just feel like if they're gonna go out there and they're gonna flip and lay pipe, I think they should just be decent guys. Just be nice. Papa wants was that Papa wants to see Matt's eight inches. <laughs> Matt Grafia Von called me on the phone and hearing my music straight up called me to say kind words, talk to ten minutes. Dude, exactly. There we go. I like that Matt Guerra. See Fear Von called him after having a bad day and hearing my music. 
um was that uh tw tpw episode number one zero one oh this past weekend sorry straight up called me to say kind words took for 10 minutes do this a good in my book yeah, exactly i like that sort of shit i want to see more of that again this is a bit you know kissing and telling which i'm not a fan of and it's a little bit out there and whatever a bit extra but she has some good things to say about fear she said at the end there i love fear that is a resounding that's what you'd want to hear do you know what i mean if someone's going to put your business out there, at least have them say that they actually like you. I like that. Um, and then, of course, to end it, we've got this one. Again, showing that, you know, he's out there sorting things out. Big up the guy in the front and the kid who uploaded this picture. More evidence of Theo out here sorting things out, right? Look at this. Theo just got to sort of things out, wishing the best. <laughs> Look at this. Here's Theo out here in fucking UFC. All the ring card girls happy to take pictures, giving their best smiles, or got tagged. They were probably following him back on socials. You love to see it, right? You fucking love to see it. Big up Fio, man. Next picture of his from his Instagram. You've got here Fio um, hanging out with Kamara Usman and his family and shit. That's pretty cool to see. And then you've got a picture here with Fio with Jorge Masvidal, right? The original BMF in the audience too. Again, happy to see him. This is where Brendan should be, you know. He should be here as a former fighter and a now stand-up comedian. He should be in these flipping environments, but you know, I don't blame Brendan for not doing this because Dana White hates Brendan so much, like probably more than probably some guys in the subreddit. That I have a feeling if Brendan ever turned up to a UFC card, like he would possibly get him escorted out, like, and that would be super embarrassing. Like he's the type Dana's so petty, so vindictive, right? <laughs> and he holds grudges like he doesn't forgive he doesn't forgive easy Brent, like dana white like, he's a really mean guy in that respect when you cross him it's over so i could imagine a scenario of brendan turning up to a fight card you know and wanting to hang out and shit and then getting escorted out <laughs> so it's probably good that he doesn't go you know what i mean but it, it would be better you know it's probably it hurts him that he sees you know feel out here having this level of fun but hey what can you do what can you bloody do kind of is what it is but yeah big up fear right here sorting things out doing his ting being surrounded by the tings them right by the tings out here right the fucking ufc tings living his fucking best life fear born the legend fear born the flipping legend so let's move from that one let's go for this oh yeah let's say, let's say this one this is this is this is obviously the one that everyone's talking about so we need to talk about this yeah this is courtesy again of the Friday Kids sub. Thank you for the person who clipped this. Oh, what are you guys saying in the chat? Um, uh, seems like the UFC community like Fio more than Papa. Yeah, for sure they do. He already said he's he's, he's thinking of doing a show, right? He said, mentioned ages ago he's working on some sort of show ideas with the UFC. That would be pretty cool. Some sort of maybe interview thing. Who knows? Brendan sent a bat signal when he said the guys were talking behind Matt's back. I think it's in hopes of Matt biting the drama. Oh, Dexter Watson. Brilliant take, Dexter. Brendan sent a bat signal when he said guys were talking behind Matt's back. Yeah, I remember on the Golden Hour, innit? I think it was in hopes of Matt biting on the drama and becoming friends using that drama. Very astute. Very, very astute. Very observant. You're, that was very true. I kind of thought that was random too out of the blue. He kind of just said that. Um, obviously trying to get in his good graces. I'm pretty sure he's the kind of guy that's probably sending him fire emojis on his Instagram stories, double tapping, leaving little comments and shit. If Matt Raff is smart, you'd stay well away from those guys. Like, 
you've already made it on your own without needing to be Joe Rogan's friend and hang out with those LA guys. The last thing you need is to be associated with those guys. Like, nah, hope Matt Rife doesn't bite it at the drama and just kind of leaves it alone. But that's very true. Um, negative, you think he allowed him in? Negative. Oh, Logos Carto is saying what? He's not allowed within two miles of the UFC. <laughs> that would be hilarious. So yeah, exactly. Yorg is a great guy. Never met him. What can you do? Stop being a cunt probably, exactly. I saw a video of Brendan talking about saving kids from a car crash. Kind of made him hate him less. Yeah, but that's a problem though. Uh, BVDRXR. Try and get the whole gist of that story. Go into the Reddit and you know dig around and stuff and you'll find the threads where they talk in detail about that whole thing and you'll see there's a lot of holes in that story not to say he didn't do it but the way he painted the story it's not exactly as it seems just keep your just keep an open mind that's all i say and make your own impression but just keep an open mind um anyway let's continue so this is the best clip right this is courtesy of the find the kid sub big up those guys they put together this clip that details the entire um, issue that happened, or sorry, the entire um, breakdown of Brendan essentially losing <laughs> £10,000, sorry, $10,000 in real time because of the bet that he put on um, for the main fight um, during the card this past weekend, right, in the UFC, where unfortunately Dustin Poirier lost by a head kick from Justin Gaethje. Now, the funny thing about this is that I think most people out there, you know, are probably big fans of Dustin Poirier. I think, you know, I think he's just got one of those kind of fan bases and he comes across really likable. So I think when most people out there heard that Brendan was backing <laughs> Dustin to win, we all flipping were like, no, because we know what that Brendan curse does to people. All of us Dustin Poirier fans were probably sat there thinking, fuck, man, Brendan's got Dustin. That means he's definitely going to lose. But when the fight started, it was pretty even. Maybe the first round went to Justin Gaethje and shit. It was pretty back and forth, I thought. They were pretty evenly matched. But then out of fucking nowhere, I think maybe maybe the third round or fourth, I forgot where it was, head kick out of nowhere, very well disguised by Justin Gaethje, hit Dustin Poirier and he got knocked out. But in this instance, this video is funny because... Bradley Martin joined the fight companion that he does, right? The Kai Bass's fight companion. And he basically, you know, it kind of felt like this was a, a bit, it was kind of planned beforehand or meant to do this whole like betting, betting thing. But I don't think Brendan knew how much money, you know, Bradley Martin was willing to put on the line. I'm pretty sure this was part of the content they wanted to do as a bit they could kind of put out there as a promo to clip up. But I don't think Brendan knew he was going to, you know, want to risk 10,000. So when 10,000 got mentioned, you see Brendan's face like change, like, huh? And you also see him realize, you know, Bradley Martin isn't Brian Callan. They're not that close. This is a stranger. He's going to have to pay him the money, right? And then having read the comments on the Reddit, people are saying that Bradley Martin is known um, as somebody within the kind of Logan Paul scene and all those kind of guys. He's known as somebody that's kind of tight with his money. And also somebody that is really kind of, you know, finicky about money also. So if you do, you know, if you owe him money, if you have a bet with him, he wants his money. It doesn't matter how rich he is. He's not the kind of guy, oh, because I'm rich, I'll just let, I'll let it off. No, no, no. If we did a bet, if we shook on something or whatever, I lent you some money, you need to give that back to me. And if you don't, it's going to be a big problem. So Brendan is now in a position where most of the time when he does a bet with Brian, Brian just kind of lets it lie, lets it slide, sorry, or just, just kind of move on. 
or whatever it may be. But in this case, he's probably going to have to pay the 10K. So this is fucking incredible, this whole thing. Let's play this whole clip because I think this is absolutely hilarious. It made me laugh when I saw it. It's the biggest Friday kiss I've ready for a couple clip of this. Sorry, guys, I have to do a little read. No, no, all good. Yeah, it's all good. Speaking of money, I thought about it. Uh, with main event, or are you talking about main, main event, co main event, main event, main event, Gaethje, <laughs> Poirier. I'm saying Gaethje. Okay, I'll take Poirier, the diamond. Good call. And uh, hot sauce in there, Marie. <laughs> Dude, it's good hot sauce. I feel like last time. I feel like last time we. I don't know. I think we did five, so I think we got to double it. <laughs> 10 G's? Yeah, well, I mean, listen. I know, what, 10, you're a car guy. I know you're a car guy. Yeah. I know you're a car guy. You got some, you have some nice. You jumped in the whip the other day. Yes. You didn't think you'd fit. I had no idea that I would. I told you. <laughs> That's, That's 260, man. I'm yeah. confident about this, though. All right. I'm confident about this. All right. Shoot your shot, player. You really believe Poirier? Yes. Why do you believe Gaethje? Tell me just... how he beats Poirier. You can't because he doesn't. Can I he argue does. for Brad? I no, could, he I, doesn't. I could argue for Brad here a little bit. Just I, he does. If you, if you go, if you look at the, if you look at the last fight, Poirier was killing him though. No, here's the thing. Now nah, Poirier was losing on on the cards a little bit, and also with the he, leg he kicks. He literally was not. I looked. I watched that fight two days ago. I looked at the scorecards. It was heavily in Poirier's favor. The only thing Gagey had was the leg kicks. He was getting countered. He was getting ripped. Momentum to Momentum was the on the side going to that fourth, and you had the eye. Okay, poke. the fourth round. It was Gagey was kind of taking over. Yes into that fourth round, and they got clocked immediately. Poirier timed that leg kick in round one. He was launching that left straight I'm from be round you, one. Fuck all that. I saw a clip where Poirier <laughs> was talking about, listen, Poirier was talking about, like, he, you know, beating bigger guys is easy, and that just kind of pissed me off personally. That's fair. <laughs> that's you know, a 260 so, mindset. That's a 260 mindset. I'm 260, brother. Listen, I'm not Gaethje's also this. changed his yeah. fighting style, according to him and Trevor Whitman, since last time well, he's fighting smarter, which... I think it's his strength of schedule it allows yeah. him to fight smart and get wins. I don't know if James Vick, Edson Barboza, Donald Cerrone were the three fights older. after he fought Poirier. All older. Exactly. Except for Those, Vick. And he got first round KOs in all of them because, again, it's easier competition. He so what do you want, Poirier. Brad? What do you want? Shoot, shoot, dog. You want the 10? Yeah, just flat. Cash like app. Yeah. All right. <laughs> or, like, whatever. You can cash me. Cash me. <laughs> I don't have 10 Gs. Cash what I look like. Come on. I look like Steve Jobs, dog? Yeah, whatever. No, he cash does. app. Okay. No going back on that. Nope. You got it. Okay. Now I'm going to be stressed. <laughs> you see his face? Did you see his face when he shook his hand? You see his <laughs> That's the face of somebody that is very, very worried that this bet is going to not go his way. This is the face of somebody that's very, very worried that the bet will not end up going his way. Absolutely incredible scenes, right? So that's how it fucking started, right? Assuming, okay, somebody said here in the chat, who said here, um, 7.30, an incredibly reluctant bet, right? He's kind of pressured into it. I think the telling moment was when he said the amount, because this, again, goes into this kind of um, adds credence to the whole, um, what's that thing? The whole video we watch about cast media. If we go back in the beginning, there's a bit where, Bradley mentions the amount and he pulls a face. There's two sections anyway. There's a bit where Brendan tries to change the subject when he mentions a car. Oh, you go into my Porsche. It was, you, you, I told you you could get into it. Big guys can't drive fast cars. Ha ha ha. And then Bradley didn't take that bait. He just kept on going talking about the bet and the money. And then when he mentioned the amount that he went to bet, Brendan was face that was like, what? So this goes to Creedence. So maybe he doesn't really have the time. Maybe he, he couldn't pay BGO because he didn't really have the money. Maybe. That's the point. Let's see it. There's a bit where he does it. Let's see if I can find it. You can't because he doesn't. Can he I does. argue for Brad? I no, could, he I, doesn't. I could argue for Brad here a little bit. Just I, he does. If you, if you, go, if you, look, at the, if you look at the last oh, fight. Oh, it 10 the only thing Gagey had Somewhere was the lake. Somewhere here. Somewhere here. Uh, hot sauce in there, Marie. <laughs> Dude, it's good hot sauce. I feel like last time, I feel like last time we, I don't know, I think we did five, so I think we got to double it. 
10 G's? Yeah. Well, well, I mean, listen. <laughs> Look at that. 10 G's? <laughs> That's the face of somebody that doesn't want to pay 10 G's. One more, one more time. That's the face of somebody that does not want to pay 10 G's because they don't have the 10 G's and they need the 10 G's. You know, this is, this is definitely evidence that, you know, business is not going well. Let's go back one more time. And uh, there's hot sauce in there, man. <laughs> Dude, it's good hot sauce. I feel like last time, I feel like last time we, I don't know, I think we did five, so I think we got to double it. 10 G's? Yeah, well, I mean, listen, I what, know 10, you're a guy. I know you're a. <laughs> he, he, he short circuits. He fucking short circuits. <laughs> He's not happy. Look at his face. My guy is not happy in the slightest. Absolutely incredible. He's not happy. <laughs> For a car guy, yeah. I know you're a car guy. You got some. You have some nice. You jumped in the whip the other day. Oh, you know, I just realized. Was Bradley trying to suggest another bet? Was he trying to bet fucking Brendan's car? Did he get this suggestion here? Was he trying to bet the fucking purple Porsche? That's what he was trying to do, wasn't he? But then Brendan switched the subject cleverly, or maybe he kind of pulled out. I feel like Bradley was trying to go down that road. Let's put your Porsche on the line or something. <laughs> imagine that imagine if you had to put his Porsche on the line that lovely GTRS imagine oh my gosh I think he was saying something about the Porsche you got this nice little car right you got that little nice little purple Porsche car what about we put that on the line what about we put the fucking <laughs> the Mexican on the line <laughs> imagine <laughs> if you would have put the Mexican and his car on the line right what happens you get my, or he says, yeah, let's put the fucking, let's put the Porsche on the line and I'll put my gym on the line. <laughs> the Porsche in the Mexican and, and I'll put my gym. <laughs> Yo, that is absolutely insane. So let's go to the actual video. When they actually do end up fucking having to pay the money. This is fucking fantastic. Let's just go to YouTube because I want to see that bit as well where he realizes he has to not have to pay fucking um what's his face he has to pay um bradley martin the monies that are owed this legitimately might be one of the best things i've seen in a while so this is uh what is it we're going to fig boy blah, blah, blah. let's see if we can find this because i want to see this clip of when he when it actually does occur that he has to pay the money this is the best thing let's see if we can find it here let's get this up on the screen can versus fight campaign ufc 291 so let's get this up on here because this is legitimately one of the most funniest things I've seen happen in real time to Brendan. Because he's always known as being the person that never fucking pays his debts and pays his bills. So he pays his fucking um, bets. He just kind of lets it lie, especially when they're talking Brian Callen. And they kind of just skirt over it. So I'm eager to see what happened here. Where was it around? Maybe it's around. Maybe someone's got time stamp in the comments. Let's see if they got it. Let's play it here. Buh, buh, buh. Let's play this with him. And I wonder if, how long he's going to engage before he, you know. If, dude, if Jan dies, I'm going to be so sad. <laughs> be really across fun. here, maybe it's around here. I want to see the reaction to it. Let's do it. Yo, I'm curious, Brendan. Hey, UFC, no. We had three UFC champions. Usman. Let's go again, again. Well, well, of course, let's see where I can find it. Did he? Well, I thought he, I thought he cut down. I thought he came down to middleweight. He oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah my yeah, bad. Yeah. So he went from yeah, and so they gave him a boost Bradley at light heavyweight. Do they have him ranked at middle? <laughs> no, I don't think he's ranked at middleweight. No, not yet. That's hilarious. That's what I'm thinking. Is so is yeah, here? Maybe, maybe it's here. Let's see if I can find it. Use more grappling. Grappling needs. Keiichi is maybe a two-stripe white belt on the ground. I'm yeah. a black belt. I'm gonna okay, use that there we go. There we go. It's here. Two thirty. 
I see. In front of me. I wish um, we did. We do we have more Modellos, KG? Oh, oh, Put every Modelo that we possibly have in front of me right now. The same ASU frat house. My this bad. is listen. <laughs> I wasn't in frat. <laughs> I was too good for it. Uh, no. <laughs> I was, dude. I was. I was. Okay. By the way, again, from the clips I've seen, I know this guy comes across really corny and really cheesy and stuff. But I actually thought he did really well on the show. I think he added a good dynamic to have somebody on it that's clearly balls deep in MMA. Um, and UFC, he actually knows what he's talking about. He actually watches fight cards. So he actually watches tape. He actually knows the fighters and their flipping records and shit and whatnot. Like, it, it, it's quite nice to have that in the... Because obviously, Brendan gets fucking everything wrong. So he was actually on the ball in terms of saying who won, who lost, what happened in this fight, what that finish was, temperament, I, you know, whatever, you know, watching all the content around the fucking fight cards and shit, interviews. So he was, he was actually good. He was actually a good... Um, addition to the show whoever this what's his name Ben Davis I think right Ben Davis I think Brendan should have him on as a permanent guest in my opinion he should have him as a permanent guest he should be one of the he gets him on board because I think he's a small he's a smaller content creator as well I think I saw right he's not super big yet so he should be on there all the time if they do a fight companion it should be him and this guy um, sorry it should be Brendan and Ben Davis and whoever else is the guest and that I think would create a better dynamic anyway for the show it actually make it a lot more um, enjoyable to watch because there'll be some two guests that have chemistry and then the, the, the other one person that comes on as a guest or the other two people that come on as guests I think that's what they should do again but what do I know did you try out for him or no? no I accidentally rushed I accidentally rushed Fiji you just went to a party um, and yeah, Jay no. coming in with the Modellos. No, you're the fucking go, baby. I think Bud Light owns Modellos. Big J is in there handing out, handing out beers. So this is for sure clues that Cast Media is going down, right? There is no staff members. He's got his brother in doing the whole background, you know, that kind of stuff that probably wouldn't have been done with his brother. So this may be some, add some credence to the idea that the money's struggling a little bit. Modellos, and they're stocked through the roof. And everyone's like, yeah, take that, Bud. Yeah, big up Game Breed Fobler, man. Drive safe, my friend. Drive safe. Put down the Modellos if you're in your car as well. Put down the Modellos. <laughs> Light. And it's like, no, like we own them yeah. too, dumbass. Another six-pack locked and loaded. We got Bud Lights too if you want one of those. I'll crush any beer. Oh, yeah? You drink Bud Light? I like Bud Light. Here's the thing. Beer's beer. Beer's a beer at the end of the day. I like to people... start sucking cog. <laughs> <laughs> people like to attribute political meanings to shit. Beer's beer at the end of the yeah, day. Yeah, I agree. Like, come on. Real, real motherfuckers, they drink. But not Period. Bud Light. I hear you. BLs. Give me a couple little BLs. BLs. Little BL. We're watching this. Again, if you just joined in, we're watching this so that we can get to the reaction, live reaction, of when Brendan realizes, or when Brendan sees that fucking, you know, Justin Gaethje knocked out Dustin Poirier with a head kick. And then now he quickly realizes that he owes Bradley Martin 10K. And then he comes to the realization slowly that Bradley Martin isn't Brian Callen and that most likely he will have to pay him the 10K. This is what we're waiting for. Let's just play a play. Yell action? I'll drink you put in a glass can. <laughs> put in a little <laughs> cup before you put the... Isn't it weird how that became a thing? And like, I Dude. went to I went to the Padres game, right? And I'm there Thanks. with my brother and my. Oh! oh no, no, no! He knocked him out. Head oh kick. Poirier knocked yes! out the head kick. Yes. I mean, Gaethje knocked him out. <laughs> yes. Let's go. Oh Run me my fucking money. 
<laughs> that's the first thing he said run me my money the first thing he said look at brendan's face we're gonna go back a little bit more we're gonna go back a little bit more just just look at brendan's face one more time i'm sorry about the volume if you're listening to this with your headphones i really i'm sorry but let's go one more time one more time right here into the corner let's get his face let's get his face here one more time that became a thing and like i, went to, I went to the padres game right and i'm there Back. with my brother and my oh, oh! oh no, no. he knocked no, him out head oh kick Poirier knocked yes! out the head kick. Yes! I mean, Gaethje knocked him out. Oh, no. Yes! Let's go! Run me my fucking money! <laughs> Look at the terror on his face. The fucking terror. Sorry, I'm gonna have to fucking screenshot this. Oh, I have to screenshot this. I have to. Look at the terror on his face. And this one too. Ben Davis realizing he has to pay him to. He's oh my god, Brendan has to pay that guy 10k. <laughs> He's realizing it as well. I go get this. Honestly, oh my god. I actually feel bad for the guy. I'm not gonna lie, I feel kind of bad for him. Because again, like I said before, having um seen the comments on the Final Kid sub, people have been saying Bradley Martin is known as a guy who's very, very um money aware, right? He doesn't let shit like this slide. He's very tight. <laughs> he he watches his fucking pennies and dollars and shit. And if you owe him money, you need to pay up. And if Brendan wants to be this guy's friend, he's gonna make sure he pays. Because if he doesn't pay, this might be the end of their relationship. You know, this might be the end of their relationship. It might be the fucking end. So he's gonna have to fucking pay up. Oh my god, this is fucking epic. Look at Bradley's face. Let's see Bradley's face. Look at this. Look at the smile on Bradley Martin's face. Look how happy he is. Ten k up, right? He probably did the show for imagine. I've got a theory that most likely they didn't do the show for free. If you're a content creator and you want to get yourself out there, just come on for free, right? He gets him on, they do, or maybe he swaps. Bradley asks him to come on his show. He comes on his show. So they did it for free. So Bradley's probably thinking, wow, I'm 10K up. I did this show for free. <laughs> and now I'm 10K up. That's a smile of being 10K up for doing absolutely nothing. Let's go back a little bit more. Let's go back. Listen, when he arrives, look at the smile. Poirier knocked yes! out the head kick. Yes! I mean, Gaethje knocked him out. Yes! Let's go! Run me my fucking money! He's about to eat his pizza too. He's got his hot sauce in his hand. Imagine how happy he is. He's about to tuck into his pizza. He's got his hot sauce ready to go and he's 10k up. <laughs> what a good day. What a fucking good day. Pizza, hot sauce, 10k. Loving it. <laughs> <laughs> Brendan, look at Brendan's face in contract. Oh my god! Look at Brendan. I, so... I missed that shit trying to get pizza. I know, oh, bro. I'm yeah. so mad right now. And Holy you don't even like shit. pizza, bro. I didn't. Even, I didn't I know. Even... He likes pizza now. Everyone likes pizza when they got 10k in the account, right? I fucking hate raisins, but if someone gave me 10k, I'll probably eat a bowl of raisins. See ya. <laughs> We're talking so about I Bud Lights, won. man. We're talking about BLs. We're talking about Bud Light and not Dustin Poirier fucking died. <laughs> Yo, damn you, Casey. Holy shit. I missed it. Oh my god. Oh, let's see this. Is that Sebastian? Um, Logo Cart Logos Cartel said, "Gotta get paid first, Zinger." But that's the thing, Logos Cartel. Trust me, Brendan wants to be Bradley's friend, and from what I've been reading on the comments and stuff, Bradley's very picky with money. So Brendan's got two decisions to make in life. You do this all the time, right? In life, you have to realize, especially when you get older, you got two decisions to make. Usually, they say that a lot when you ask, when you borrow money from friends. Sometimes they'll say when you borrow money from friends or when you're the person borrowing money from a, from a friend, you have to be prepared to either lose a friend or for, to, for things to change, to be weird, 
or maybe they're just going to pay you back instantly and be a cool friend. Some friends do exist like that, where you ask them for money to lend, to borrow, you give them it, and then they give it to you right back when they said they're going to give it, or sometimes even before, with a little extra on top because they're happy about it. Or it completely ruins the relationship and they, you know, they're not your friend anymore, or it changes because they take long to pay, whatever. In Brendan's case, he has two outcomes here. If he doesn't pay, <laughs> basically lose Bradley's martin's number they're never going to be friends like they were before he's going to hold it against him forever or pay instantly and act like it's not hurting you when it is but then it saves the relationship so it's in his best interest that he pays really and truly it is his best interest he needs bradley martin <laughs> especially after the last pod they did that last pod was probably the best brendan shoulder prince i've ever seen in my life and he needs bradley so if i was him i would do it Mascalco, he's gone. We're never gonna know. Fuck, dude. Fuck! He's yeah. never thrown a head kick! Ever! Yeah, well, listen, that's why I'm the fucking, I'm the commentator here, boys. <laughs> fucking, you guys Dustin's suck. so upset. Yeah, he should be. This is some hot hot sauce, huh? Is it hot? Yeah, is that your it's hot good sauce? hot sauce. No, so I don't really have my own hot, hot sauce. Really hot. Dude, that's Dustin's thing. Come on. Little oh, shop, yeah, little whiskey. Little there shop sauce? We, I know. The shop, the shop sauce? It's extra thick. Fuck, you know dude. we have uh we we should have Poirier's hot sauce around here. Let's get Poirier. Let's call him. <laughs> talking about Poirier. Come on, talk about the money. Do we sell Poirier's hot sauce? We do. Yeah. I think so. Grab some of yeah, that. Grab shit. that. Grab that. In honor of my man losing, mm -hmm. let's not fucking DP on that. Run the run the run the sauce. Run the sauce. Damn, DP that. Thing, I want to see the replay though. Yeah, that'd yeah, be I great if they could show us a Please. fucking replay. Please. Wow. Was he really out? Was that like a... He was out. Oh, dude. Wait till you see it. I know we're talking about Bud Lights and not being gay, but watch this. Right behind the neck. His hand was. Bradley looks calm. Let's see. His if hand was. Anyone mentioned about the money? Let's see. Yeah, man. That's fair, dude. Oh my You've gosh. heard that. Look, look at Bradley. Bradley keeps looking at him. Bradley keeps looking at him, and he's somber. Like he's, he's whole, fucking. You know, he's he's fucking so sad. Look. Oh, damn, that's that fucking. Hey, <laughs> you're like. <laughs> I feel so good. You fucking wow. loser. Yeah, man. That's fair, oh, dude. My You've gosh. heard that. What do you do with Gaethje now? <laughs> what do you do with Gaethje now? What do you do? You're 10k down now, brother. What do you do with Gaethje? Oh, that's fucking incredible. So yeah, let's see how this plays out. Uh, Bradley Martin fucking ran Brendan Shaw's pockets. Absolute horror show. Um, I thought the kid in the turtleneck, Ben Davis, did really well on the show. They should bring him back on there. He should be the permanent um, co-host of the show especially if he's like a newer content creator and stuff he probably would um, be up for it and have time to do it and whatnot and um, build the show from there have them to be the main guests Brendan and Ben Davis and then have um, two other people coming in but having it all be three different people with Brendan we're dynamic I feel like you need to have a bit of chemistry in there so I have him and Ben Davis here week on week out and I think the show will do actually pretty well over time personally um, but yeah Brendan is 10k down <laughs> 10k down oh big up the chat what are you guys saying yeah Bradley might end up with Mysteriously dead Keisha Brendan thinks he's hand defending head kick is proper defense John M if again I'm not too familiar with the UFC I'm not super balls deep I mean I'm a bit of a casual but I do remember there was a head kick earlier on in the round that just that, that Justin Gaethje threw um, that looked like Dustin Poirier blocked, but it was pretty hard. And it probably did a lot more damage than he let on because a lot of fighters, especially the elite ones, are really good at having a poker face. So maybe Dustin kind of acted like it didn't hurt him, but that first head kick might have rattled him a lot more than he kind of gave, gave on. 
because by the time the second one came in, it didn't even catch his whole face and it already, you know, the shin didn't go to catch his whole face and it already went down. So maybe there's some damage there already done. But that head kick was always on. But the disguise on it was fucking beautiful. The disguise, throwing the right and then having a the head kick f- flick up that at the right time was amazing. Okay, okay. So yeah, well, he blocked three or four. Yeah, yeah, they were, uh, yeah, exactly. Logo, see, exactly, they all hurt. Yeah, blocking a head kick is one thing, but they still hurt. Exactly, they still go through the hand. Uh, big up, young adult vibes. If you owe me money, I'm taking your belongings until I'm satisfied. Big up, young. I like that. I like that energy. Um, 10k is always thinking about. Yeah, 10k is always on his mind. That that is a face of somebody that's only thinking about 10k. That's not a face of someone thinking about fight cards and shit. So, yeah. Yeah, Justin recognized he said the head kick worked earlier. Da, da, da. Yeah, big up, sir. I like, sir. appreciate you. Anyways, um, I'm going to leave. love you and leave you guys now. Um, thank you for tuning in. Like I said, this will be a short one. Thank you for hanging in there with me and joining me on this show. I just wanted to quickly cover some of those topics that were kind of hot on the flipping on the flipping friars out there. So thank you, those of you tuned in. I'll probably come back again later on today when I kind of come back from doing all my little errands I need to do later on today. So yeah, thank you for tuning in, people. I appreciate all of you. It's been an absolute pleasure as per usual. Um, those of you who are in the flipping chat, please make sure that you... Um, yeah, no problem, Bear Nips. Happy I could pass some time for you. If, if you're in the chat and you haven't liked the stream, make sure you do. That'd be greatly appreciated. Smash the like button for me down below on the stream. Give me a little help on there. And yeah, man, that's about it, really. Um, time sounds will be added on later in the day. And I'll put up clips as well later in the day too. So if you don't want to watch the whole thing, you can watch the clips. So thank you for tuning in. Big up Shades Cow, Logos Cartel, Ben Nips, um, Cable Hogan there, The One and Under, Sarlux, Jared Mellerick, I see you. Big up you, John M, Ricky Picture, Teju, Dark Lion, Young and Old Vibes, big up you, Jose Otero, Dexter Watson, everybody in the chat, I appreciate all of you, Bun, I see here, someone called Bunny, appreciate you, someone, Seven Dirty, of course, big up you, always here, Matt Guerrero, of course, John Smith, everybody was hanging in there, I appreciate all of you, and I'll see all of you again very, very soon, thank you so much for tuning in.